You got that rocker, MJ in the house, otherwise known as Marty Janetti. You know how we do rocking and roll, starting and strolling, and we're doing it right here on the Rundown Wrestling Network. Keep on rocking. Yeah. Gentlemen, welcome to the NXT Rundown. I am your host, Ginger, and along with me, the man, the myth, the legend, the returning Jason. Sir, the dynamic duo is back. How are you, sir? I'm all right. It's not bad enough that we run this show like all year round through baseball and basketball season, and I have to get distracted. Now we pick a night like tonight where I've got baseball trade deadline stuff going on at the same time as the NBA draft. It's it's I'm I'm gonna do my best to focus for you though. I mean, if you want, I can do another shitty solo episode if you want to. Ah, it's okay. Right. <laughs> Don't want to lose listeners, nope. right? Yeah, no, nobody wants that. No. <laughs> so how's everything going, man? Uh well, baseball's temporarily done for a little bit till uh till fall ball starts. We uh we finished our last tournament and uh, not necessarily the way we wanted to, but uh you know exciting game. We ended up losing in a walk off at the end. Um. Ultimately, did it more to ourselves than anybody did it to us. We just didn't score enough. Our bats were pretty cold, so mm. uh, it happens. I told the kids afterwards who were uh, who were of the age of eleven or less. I said, "Listen, next year you guys will be here with me, and we'll make up for it." So just yep. getting them ready for next year. We're gonna kick some ass. That's all. Nice. Yeah. nice. Good encouraging words there. Yeah, I get, try to keep them all up. A lot of tears were shed that night. That's all I can tell you. Was, oh, yeah. It's a heartbreaker. It yeah, it was tough. It was a tough way, especially for like the kids who are 12, and it's like their last game ever. That's a tough way to end your last game oh, at that level, you know? Yeah. That's a tough one. Yeah. yeah what are you going to do? It happens. Tough cookie to bite there. Yeah. Well, it, it also che- teaches them a life lesson that you can't win all the time. Well, that's true. And uh, so that that finished up, and we'll have, like I said, we'll have our fall ball starts in up soon. So mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not totally all the way done back like winter off season stuff, but yeah. I'll be back for at least the next month or so probably. Uh, I was gonna be on WWE Rundown this week, and then my wife ended up getting rear-ended on the way uh, to the house. Um, ironically, sort of tied to that baseball game because. So the next morning, she goes and she's getting ready for work. And she says to me, I, th- I can't find my purse. And I'm like, well, where was it? She's like, oh, it was in the bag. It was in my baseball bag. Cause she has this little bag that she carries with all like the, uh, you know, band-aids and anything that she might, anything oh, over the course of a game, we call it her baseball mom bag, anything that the kids <laughs> might need. So, um, 
so she says, I, I think I, I can't find it. It was in my bag. It must have fallen out. So I check my car. I check her car. No, no, no bueno. Um, and then she's like, well, it must have fallen out of the field. So the field is about a half hour away from our house Oof. in another town. Um, so she's like, well, I got to go because all my cards are in there. And if it's there, I don't want anybody to find it. So. Mm-hmm. So she takes a drive there. She calls her work, tells her she's going to be late today. So she drives down to the other field, and she's, I guess, looking around. And while she's gone, I happen to be walking by the kitchen counter, and I move a plastic bag that was on the kitchen counter. And guess what's underneath that plastic bag, Ginger? <laughs> Another bag? Yeah, nope. Uh, well, a purse, yeah. Huh? <laughs> purse was there. So I called her, and I'm like, hey, I found your purse. She's like, oh, well, she's all excited. I said, Okay. Uh, if you want, just head to your office, and I can swing by on my lunch break, and I'll bring it to you. Nice. And she's like, well, I've already been driving a lot without my license. I don't feel comfortable, so I'm just going to come home and get it. I'm like, I mean, I, I really don't mind bringing it to you. It's, you're already – she's like, no, no, I'll just swing by. I'm already told him I'm going to be late. I'll swing by the house. I'm like, okay. So, um, so then she, uh, she calls me a few minutes later, and she's like, I need you to come down to the end of the street. I just got rear-ended. Ugh. And I'm like, oh, so she wasn't even gonna be like. All I could think of was that line from Clerks, like, "I'm not even supposed to be here today." Like, she wasn't <laughs> even supposed to be there at that point. But, um, but she's okay. A little, little whiplash action, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, so far, no, nothing serious. So, still haven't heard from the adjuster. It's been like three fucking days. So, hopefully, they'll get out here soon so we can start getting the, the ball rolling on that. But now, you know. is, it, is it drivable? So no, oh. um, I mean potentially, but there's like shit hanging off of it now. Mm-hmm. So uh, we don't want to drive it until you know. And I, and I don't know for a fact that there's not damage to the frame or the wheel well or anything yeah. like that. So we're just gonna let the guy do his thing and and we'll get it fixed and either fixed or totaled and replaced, whatever. We'll figure something out. But uh, I was sort of enjoying life with only one car payment, but it seems like. Uh, the universe has different plans for me potentially, uh, so we'll we'll wait and see. Not necessarily, because eh. you know you could come out on a positive side, and maybe there's something that was already messed up on the vehicle, and you can just claim that under the accident, right? <laughs> That's how that but, works, right? <laughs> I mean, for some people, I guess it's not really my jam, but you know, whatever. Hey, man. Whatever works. <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do, brother. Hey, yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, I'm glad she's okay. That's definitely a plus. Um, now, what, what's the speed limit on that road? Did he hit her like full speed, or did he ever so, apply the brakes? Or I guess she was uh, turning onto a street, and there were trucks blocking uh, the view to the other side of the road because it's a two-way road, um, a busy two-way main street in in our town. Uh, so she's, there was a car trying to get off of the street, so he had pulled sort of out because he couldn't see past the truck. So she really didn't have a great lane to turn anyway. Yeah. So she decided to stop and let this guy come out, um, and then she was going to take the turn. So apparently the guy behind her just decided, fuck, you're stopping, and decided to never slow down and go full speed into the back of her car. Oh, damn. Uh, from what she said, the force knocked, like lifted the car off the ground. And then put it back down. So, nerd. Yeah. So, so it was a pretty bad one. I wasn't in the car, obviously, so I don't know. But yeah. Wow. Yeah. Thank God people pay attention. (laughs) And the dude, you know what? The dude had like a fucking 
like Ford pickup truck from the 80s. So you know the thing's built like a fucking oh. tank, too. <laughs> yeah. Like, barely any damage on his shit. Her shit's crumpled. So, oh. yeah. What are you going to do? Ah. Oh. That poor guy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, no, I didn't even have to kick his ass. I went down there. He was very apologetic. Yeah. I didn't see you. I'm so sorry. It's my fault. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And the cops were there. And so everything went fairly smooth in that yeah. regard. So Shit happens. You know, yeah. If he came out being an asshole, that's when you're like, all right, dude, chill the fuck out. Yeah. Oh, I've had that before. I almost killed a guy once when I got my, got, my car got totaled. Oh, yeah, I, I had an incident one time myself. Uh, I was in a parking lot. Uh, it was actually Halloween day. Uh, the guy pulled up accidentally onto like those little islands that you see in like parking lots. Yeah. And he just said, "Oh, hey, there's somebody behind me. I'm gonna reverse right into their fucking quarter panel." Dude, I've had three different people back into my car. I don't understand it. All but one of the accidents I've been in have involved people backing into my car. <laughs> And like, which which sometimes can be tough because like fucking prove that you didn't rear end them. You know what I mean? Like it's like I'm thinking of getting one of those dash cams just for that very reason. Oh yeah, well but, I mean the the plaza that I was in that we were in, uh, luckily had a Halloween store in it, so there were people yeah. legitimately fucking everywhere. Yeah. And, really? Yeah. Sounds oh, yeah. like a yeah. sounds like a cool place. Big old people fucking everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and um. So How the long guy, do you want me to wash your balls for? Uh, we'll get there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so the guy pulls off as if he didn't even hit me. And I get out. I, I fucking pull up behind him. And I'm like, do you not fucking realize that you just hit me? He's like, what are you talking about? I was like, you see this? And I apply my hands directly over it so the damage is in between. And I go back and forth. I'm like, this was not here before. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. A bunch of people came up, and this one guy, probably like mid-40s, but he was huge, comes up, and he's like, are you fucking serious, dude? You just fucking nailed this guy, and you're going to fucking sit here. And the guy's like, oh, okay. And I was like, I'm calling the fucking cops. Cops came, and guy, like, when I was on the phone with the cops, I felt the guy fucking swipe his insurance papers by my head. And I was like, if you do that one more fucking time... I'm going to punch you in your fucking mouth. And the, 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 the um, uh, what the fuck the dispatch person was like, is everything okay? I was like, you better get somebody down here before this turns out to be a bad situation. Yeah. No more than 90 seconds later, fucking cop whips in. My guy was an asshole. Um, but everything got all set. Uh, yeah. and then my, my personal other accident, I wasn't in the car, but some guy was fucked up on perks and drunk and, Decided to drive and slam into the side of my fucking car. So that was fun. Uh, yeah, the one the one where I almost got into a fight. Uh, oh. I was coming down a main street, mm-hmm. and there's two lanes of car- traffic. It's a busy street in our town, um, and there's two lanes of traffic, mm-hmm. and there's a gas station on the right-hand side, and I was in the leftmost lane. And this person, apparently people had stopped to allow him to pass through the first lane of traffic, but you can't see that shit when you're coming down the road. Okay. So I'm coming down, and he doesn't inch out through them. He just flies oh. out through them. 
right into the fucking side of my car. Now, I had this was when my kid was was very young and mm-hmm. he was in the car. So, of course, when you're a parent and your kid's in the car, that's the first thing you fucking think of. It's oh, like, yeah. oh, my God, is the kid OK? Mm-hmm. And he's freaking out just because he's scared. He was physically oh, yeah. fine, but he was yeah. scared. Um, so I get out of the car and the car is completely fucked and we're in the middle of this busy intersection. So I'm trying to like get him out of the car because he was still in his car seat at that mm-hmm. point. So I get him out of the car. The, the The car's not drivable. I can't pull it over to the side of the road. The yeah. cops ended up pushing it over eventually, I think. Um, but I get there, and I'm just checking on him. And the uh, so at some point the cops show up, and I'm sitting there and I'm talking to the cop, and then the cops and, and then I said some, the cops said something to the effect of. Um, well, you know, the, the gas station there has security cameras that face out, so we'll get a great shot of, of whatever it was. And, and I was like, oh, that's that's awesome. And the other guy goes, oh, that's great. And then you'll see blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, motherfucker, you took an illegal left turn and crashed into the side of my fucking car with my kid in it. Another fucking three feet, and my kid could be seriously fucked up. And he's just like, start, and then his fat heifer of a wife starts yelling at me too. And I just like, I went after this fucking guy. The yeah. cop grabs me by the neck and, and goes, like, chill the fuck out. And goes, dude, trust me, you are in the right right now. Do not do something stupid. Like, go in, go in the store, get a drink, take care of your kid. I yeah. will handle this guy. He's a dick, but don't <laughs> let him make you do something stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right. So this cop was a good dude. Um, so yeah, ultimately I went in there and, and, and he was at fault because oh, yeah. he took left turn and crashed into me pretty much. There are certain things in, in, at least in Massachusetts, which is like, if you take a left turn and crash into somebody, pretty much you're at fault. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. if you get, if you rear end somebody pretty much you're at fault. So, um, so we were fine, but, uh, yeah, so I almost killed that guy, but I didn't. So I'm here. Well, that's good. Cause we enjoy <laughs> podcasting with you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else going on? I don't know, just just kind of mellowing out a little bit after baseball season and such. Yeah, just trying to chill out, taking this week to relax, and then we start doing off season training stuff. So now, when does he plays basketball as well? Correct. Uh, typically, he does. He didn't last year because nobody was playing basketball in our town. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't know yes yet necessarily what's going to happen this year. I know obviously there's plans to, but. Mm-hmm. The way things are trending right now, who knows where the fuck we'll be in another month. So Hard subject to change, brother. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's it, he'd like to if he can, but mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, and that, actually, that's really good for him because he's, he's a bigger kid. Yeah. Um, so getting the, the exercise, the, a lot of running and cardio and stuff in, in the basketball season is good for him. Not having that last year definitely affected him uh throughout this year in baseball mm-hmm. um so he's he's looking forward to that but we're going to he's got one more year basically on the little league diamond and then he has to move up to the 90 foot diamond the big Ooh. one like the, so i keep trying to tell him like listen i know you love baseball but you got to get in better cardio conditioning shape mm-hmm. you've got to be able to run better because when you get to this big diamond it's just not going to work if you're not uh, yeah. so He's starting to recognize he's got about a year to get his shit together. So hopefully we'll, we're, we're going to, my plan for him is we're just going to go work on, I, I told him we're going to work on running 
on the big diamond now. Like the nice thing about being part of the league is having keys to all the fields. Yeah. Uh, so, so we're going to take you down to the big field and we're, cause I said, look at it this way. If you get a decent time running to first base on the big field, by the time you get to the small boat season starts and you're on that small field again, it's going to be fucking nothing. Oh, no problem. So, so that's the, that's the plan. We'll see how it goes. But now, as of now, well, how far is it from on the, on the smaller field? Uh, 45. Oh, okay. So it literally doubles. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So his AAU is 50-70. So it's, I'm sorry, it's 50-70 for AAU. So it's 70 feet to first base between the bases oh, in okay. AAU. 90 feet is, is where he's going. So it is a, mm-hmm. it is a full 20 feet more. Oh, yeah. Um, and in Little League, I want to say it is 60 feet between bases. Okay. It's 45 to the pitcher's mound to home plate. And in AAU, it's 50 feet from the pitcher's mound to home plate. So and then the big field it goes to sixty feet six inches. Oof. Yeah, he's he's got some work to put in. Yeah, yeah, but he wants to do it, so that's the important thing. Yeah, you got to you just got to keep on his ass to do it too. Yeah. No, and it's like I've always told him, like anytime if you want to work, I'm there to work with you. I'm not gonna force you. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be one of those people that like drags your ass out and makes you do it. If you if you love it enough that you want to do it, then I will help you with it. But I'm not going to force you to do it. You decide what's most important to you. Hell yeah! And I feel like that's sort of an important lesson for him to learn too. That it has to, the motivation has to come from himself, not from somebody doing it for him. You know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, <clears throat> nothing on my end. I got nothing. Nothing uh-huh. interesting has happened at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> so. What do we got for news? <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, put down that pizza cutter, by the way. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we talked about things potentially heading in the wrong direction nationally with the COVID pandemic. Uh, that has led to certain places reinstituting mask mandates, and one of those places, Ginger, is Nevada, which, in case you don't know, is where Las Vegas is. Which, mm-hmm. if you don't know, is where SummerSlam is being held this week. What do you mean? SummerSlam's in Boston this year. I'm going, no, man. No, 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 no. That's not a thing anymore. <laughs> um, so now that the mask mandate has been reinstituted in Las Vegas, uh, because, by the way, Las Vegas in Nevada apparently accounting for 80% of the COVID-19 cases in the entire state. Now, that said, it's also the most populous area because a lot uh, yes. of Las Vegas is desert. So a lot of Nevada is desert, I should mm-hmm. say. So. Um, that's not necessarily a ridiculous number, but it's uh, it's also a very high number. Um, so they've already sold over 40,000 tickets for SummerSlam at, uh, what is the stadium called? Allegiant Stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, curious to see how WWE will approach this. Um, they've been hesitant at times to enforce mask mandates as we saw at the beginning of the pandemic in florida and mm-hmm. a lot of the talents that they brought in to sit in the crowd not I, don't, masked and, I don't think they'll change it they'll just be like wear a fucking mask simple okay. as that they already I mean, got I, your money and if you don't go because you don't want to wear a mask well you, you say that but of course part of the reason at least the story you heard at the beginning was that vince didn't like the way it looked on tv that's why he had them not doing it so yeah but vince likes money <laughs> if he's already got his ticket sales though yeah and that's so, what I, but that's what I mean too though like he's not gonna want to refund another fucking 
uh, refund 40,000 people money back. Like you, like you had to do with fucking SummerSlam Boston. It's not going to want to do that. Well, so speaking of SummerSlam weekend, and this is, I guess we might as well jump into it now because it's as, it's as good a time as any. Oh. Um, I know you don't watch Dynamite weekly. Uh, oh. I do. Uh, last night they dropped some pretty heavy-handed hints uh, about CM Punk making his debut on August 20th on the debut episode of Rampage, uh, which would coincide with it being SummerSlam weekend, the day before, actually, SummerSlam. Um, pretty ballsy move by AEW, almost a slap in the face to WWE, like, we're going to take your second biggest event of the year, and we're going to st- try to steal the headlines. If, in fact, CM Punk does debut on that day, it's widely assumed now that he will. Um, what are your thoughts about that that decision? Is this... We've said for a long time, you know, we need to see... For the business to improve, you really need to see something similar to the Monday Night War. Some somebody pushing Vince to get those creative juices going. Somebody to make him feel threatened. Somebody mm-hmm. to to bring out that that best in him and sort of get past some of that complacency. A company like AEW stealing headlines on the weekend of SummerSlam. You think that you think that gets Vince going a little bit? <sighs> I... I don't know because SummerSlam. Once SummerSlam happens, it gets the headlines back. I don't know that that's true though, unless they have something huge planned for the event. Which my guess they would. But so here's the difference, right? Mm-hmm. We know they're going to have John Cena and Roman Reigns. We know they're going to have Goldberg there, etc. That stuff's all pre-advertised. Mm-hmm. The people going to the AEW show while believing that CM Punk will show up, that is not confirmed. Yeah. So there will still be an element of surprise to it, and an element of a, a big star like that with a surprise appearance versus a big star like that with a scheduled appearance. I think the surprise appearance always becomes more memorable. Yeah, so what Rampage is what? Just a show on... For... It's their second show. It's basically their Thunder, if you will. Oh, okay. Well, or their how, how, good did, how good did Thunder do? At first, it did well. People give Thunder a bad rep. At first, it was very popular. But the setup was awesome. I know that. As WCW died, so did Thunder. Yes. Um, I think it'll irk Vince a little bit. Like, okay, so they want to play ball. Let's fucking play ball. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't look at it that way, he might run into a couple issues. And and that's where I sort of feel like, and we talk about, we've talked about this before. I sort of feel like the biggest benefit that AEW has had has almost been Vince, because for so long he's just stuck to the status quo and not pushed the envelope and not sort of constantly reimagine and revolutionize the way he did years before yes it was sort of like hey there's nobody else here so fuck it i don't need to put in the same level of effort um and that attitude and that sort of complacency allowed aew to develop a foothold it created those lapsed fans and those fans who um turned into stands if you will but just really felt that the product wasn't um directed towards them yeah and i think that attitude really gave hold to um, to AEW that and of course Cody right guy right time hooking up with the Bucks and 
and that was sort of the, the end of it. Because the Bucks were there forever. I mean, I, I really honestly give Cody credit for being the one who pushed this into existence. I think the Bucks were perfectly happy being indie darlings traveling around, and yeah. I think Cody was the guy that that said, "Let's let's turn this into a fucking promotion." Yeah, let's just get all the money from Tony Khan and suck him dry. So, um, and my boy, my boy Meltzer will give us all the fucking oh, free press we want. So. Fuck that guy. <laughs> so annoying. Um, listen, if, if this gets, if this does get Vince's blood going again, I'm all for it because we've seen what Vince can do. And yeah. it did not disappoint. No, and we need something like that. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, we 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 cause it. Like I just said, we it's it's become stale. You need some fucking. I, I feel some more juice over in even, there. Uh, well, don't say that because Hoovy's coming back next week on Dynamite. So. Oh, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> How old is he now? Like fifty-two, I think, something mm. like that. I thought he was older. Um. Well, he was also very young in his WCW yeah, run. True, I think yeah. he was like 19 or 20 at that yeah. point. Um, so, the we'll talk about it a little bit because it actually falls into some of the, some of my points during this week's episode of NXT. But to me, the biggest thing that that WWE struggles with right now is you think back in the day, and listen, I. In retrospect, looking back, the Attitude Era had a lot of flaws that maybe we didn't necessarily notice at the time. Yes. That said, the one thing I will give, and I've said it on this air before, the thing I will give the Attitude Era its due credit for is the fact that every story had build, and it had an angle and a storyline. And then what that meant, and the difference between now and then... Now it feels like Vince picks the top two, three stories and focuses only on them and just throws shit together for everything else. Nothing else feels cohesive or having direction unless it's for the big titles. And the problem you run into there is that you take a guy like, for example, Johnny Gargano. Mm -hmm. He's not competing for the big championship right now, and he feels at times sort of like a rudderless ship. Like, oh, well, uh, yeah, throw him in the North American title match. Oh yeah, we'll 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 hotshot a program with with him and Cross. Sure, whatever. Mm. Like, but it feels very rudderless, and 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 one week it's here, and the next week it's there, and and I feel like that's sort of a big problem within the entire company right now. Is if you're not in one of those top top programs, who knows week to week what the fuck you're going to be doing? Makes sense. But at the same time, you gotta you gotta kind of move because Johnny was fucking huge for the company for what. God, three, four years straight. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of see why they're doing it. Give them a little break, like, get, and also giving their fans a break, even though we might not want that. So okay, so the greatest, the the thing I will say, and <laughs> the reason I'm pointing this out specifically is because it was bad. But when The Rock wasn't in the heavyweight title picture. Mm-hmm. They built a program with him and Billy Gunn, and the idea being to try to elevate Billy, and it obviously didn't work out, and it mm-hmm. wasn't great television, and, and we all know the stories that, that came out of that, but but they made an attempt to do something. They, they yeah. had a program and a storyline for The Rock when he wasn't in, and a direction when he wasn't in the title picture. Mm-hmm. They don't do that for anyone anymore. No. 
Even look at Drew McIntyre now. He's floating around with Jinder and his fucking band of merry men, but there's nothing real. There's no real heat behind that program. It's just it's there. What do you mean? He tried to, des- to destroy his sword. You know, she- you got Sheamus and Priest. It's like, okay, well, we'll throw those two guys together. Does it feel like there's anything special about that program or anything that really draws you to it other than the fact that it's a new matchup? And, oh, by the way, it's a new matchup. We got this exciting thing between two guys who've never fought before. Let's throw them in the ring together on fucking Raw before we get to the pay-per-view match again. Yep. But that's the shit I'm talking about. They just... Back in the day, you would have never seen that match until the pay-per-view. They would have had mm-hmm. them interfering in each other's matches, or the creativity to do that and to get by on that isn't there anymore. And three hours of TV to produce is part of that, because you have a lot to fill, yeah. but that's of their own creation, too. And if you can't handle it, then don't do it. Well said. So, All right. Uh, anything else on that before we move on? Uh, no, no. Would, uh, that's, this is a good question before we move on completely. Sure. Uh, would the arrival of CM Punk and or Daniel Bryan get you interested enough to watch at least a couple episodes of Dynamite and see where direction they're going? Um, Punk, not really. Daniel Bryan, I'd kind of be interested to see because you know he's going to get a concussion within a month. <laughs> Not that we're wishing that. No, no, I'm not wishing that at all. But their track record, as of especially as of late, man, that yeah, co- they have been fucking. People have just been get fucked up left and right. Yeah, there's been a lot of injuries I think of late. In the last week and a half, it's been eight injuries. And some of the some of them have just been situations where people were lucky to like Stu Grayson this week was lucky to avoid a serious oh, injury when God. nobody caught him. When he did a fucking plancha. <sighs> God. And he just hit the floor. There's um, no way he didn't get a concussion from that. There's no way. He smacked the uh, back of his head on concrete. Yeah, I mean, you also never know because Britt Baker never admitted to having a concussion and just didn't appear on TV for like three fucking weeks yeah. or do anything physical for three fucking weeks. <sighs> so who knows, but... Yeah. But WWE is sort of the same way sometimes, you know. They're they're a little bit safer for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the thing. Like, I was thinking about this this week, and I know we're sort of going off on a tangent here, but just bear with me a little bit because this yeah. is actually a thought that occurred to me just randomly in my car this week. I feel like AEW is sort of like starting to feel a little bit like ECW when it was in its prime, like they're gaining popularity for doing shit that's edgier than the other company will do, but at the same time, cutting corners with safety in order to do it. Um, you know, I... That all, that can only run for so long. And that's sort of what, I'm, what the larger point is, mm-hmm. and we saw it with ECW, it's like, at a certain point, you, you, there's just nowhere to go short of killing a person in the ring. You're just sort <laughs> yeah. of out of options to upgrade the violence or upgrade the wow factor or the holy shit factor. Yeah, well, you can um, just do an orange juice bath. That's all. I mean, you've you've, thro- you've already thrown a guy off the top of a fucking War Games blood and guts, whatever the fuck you want to call it, cage. Mm-hmm. You've now sliced somebody open with a pizza cutter on TV. I mean, you've hit somebody with a car, a golf cart. You've thrown somebody off a fucking um, stanchion that was like 40 feet in the air and had them smack their head on concrete and not get a concussion and continue to match. And I mean, um, you've 
Had... <laughs> and that was the other thing. Like, if you want to talk about, oh, Grayson said he didn't have a concussion. Yeah, Matt Hardy said he didn't have a concussion either. Go back and watch that shit. There's no question he had a concussion. Um, so I, when they say I did no concussion, I'm fine. I sort of err on the side of maybe not so much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do. I do wonder if this is sustainable in terms of both injuries to talents and, and lack of star power as the injuries pile up, and um, just a general. Once the fans have seen it so consistently, and they go to the blood well very often, they mm-hmm. go to like the hardcore well a lot. Um, it's not like they split it up. I mean, how often have we? It feels like we've seen barbed wire. Almost like monthly on AEW shows. So I don't know. It's I actually enjoy the product most of the time, and I like having something different to watch. Mm-hmm. But I definitely feel like there are flaws that need to be addressed if they want to have long-term success. Yeah, like protecting your talent so you actually have people to wrestle, and the credibility of your referees and the credibility of your moves and all that stuff. Okay, it so- seems like. There's That's, less of that. I, I want to bring this up. I see a lot of people, and I'm actually going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, stick up for AEW right now. Uh, who was it, Cash, that got his arm ripped open? Yes. Okay, so a lot of people are saying, oh, the referee didn't even go check him. The referee went immediately over to him because he called him over, and you saw I think, him. I think the issue people had was the doctors didn't go check him. He had to go over to the doctors. Yes, but a lot of people were saying the referee, like the doctors, the doctors should have been over there immediately. But right. where people are going to But the referee, the referee didn't signal the doctors, which is something you can say to the referee. Well, the thing is, he he did. There's s- a reason they have the X sign. You know what I mean? Like yeah, but he made you're some supposed kind of, to alert the medical staff he, to an possible injury. You couldn't see the whole referee in the shot. The referee definitely did something with his arms as soon as he looked over and saw Cash. Okay, well, I'd have to go back. And yeah, go back and watch. He definitely like did something. I'm going on reports of people in attendance, so they probably had a different view of it than we did on TV too. So yeah, so I mean, but the referee immediately went over to him and then hit the button to talk on his uh, two way okay. and told them that something was up. So, but right. as for the medical staff not going over to him, yeah, fuck that. That's bullshit. Yeah. That's stupidity. And especially for the size of that fucking gash. Yeah. I haven't actually seen the pictures. Was it bad? Oh, yeah. It was, it was it, 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 as dumb as it sounds. It looked like he tried to cut his own wrist. Jesus. Um, so you certainly hope there's no, like, tendon damage there oh, no, or anything. Yeah. Yeah, no. It, don't, don't get me wrong. When we talk about the injuries in AEW, we don't Yeah, that want... was a freak accident. That's oh, yes. not That's not carelessness. That's that's just shit happens sometimes. It, yeah, and a lot of people are trying to figure out how he did it. My guess was he caught it on a metal piece on the grommets of the turnbuckle. It's possible. That that would yeah. be my guess because he wasn't near the hooks that go yeah. on the, the buckles themselves. And the hooks were pointing down anyway. Yeah, so, so it, it had Which, to have been a chunk of Unless you're X-Pac, the they usually are, so... Oh my god, that poor guy. <laughs> ripped asshole. Ugh. He's got to be the only man in history to say, yeah, I ripped my asshole. Yeah, because the fucking person, whoever it was on ring crew, didn't know how to put the fucking ring together. Fucking idiots. Good job, Jake. <laughs> so. <You> cunt. Anyway. <laughs> Alright, what else we got? That guy's got nothing fucking going on now. We need to get him back on the show. Anyway, um... 
So, in line with what we were just talking about, actually, WWE released. Uh, we'll talk about there was there was some AEW discussion on the conference call today, but we will talk about that in just a moment. But the first part of the conference call was related to the money side of WWE. Their net income for quarter two. $29.2 million is down compared to 43.8 in quarter two of 2020. Uh, the revenue for quarter, for the quarter of 265.5 million was better than projections. Uh, running shows apparently at the performance center and, uh, Thunderdome saved them a bunch of money. Um, but they didn't get to do that as we started to see the return of live crowds. Um, the interesting thing here, and, and Troy pointed out in the uh, in the host thread there, uh, their income for this quarter is more than the entire income for the TV deal that AEW has with TNT <laughs> over a four-year span. Oh but the God. demo. In a quarter of a year. But not, the demo. Not even a full year. A quarter of a year, and they outdid their four-year contract. But oh, the demo. Yeah, the demo's fucking bullshit. But the demo. Demo. Fucking stands. Anything on the WWE's profits for the quarter, Ginger? Um, my guess would be the reason they dropped was because they started booking buildings again. That that's that would be my guess. And, and, and there's more. There's there's expense in moving from town to town, and have yeah. to, having to hire one-off people in towns to work and rigging everything up. And yeah. they're not there's staying a lot of expense in one that people yeah. don't. Right, people. The talent's not staying at their house in Orlando. They're staying. They're on the road. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, they pay for that, but there's per diems and things like that in those contracts too. So mm-hmm. it's wild to think about, like how much it goes into. Travel this company traveling like it's yep. it's millions of dollars. Yep. Hence why they released a fuck ton of people once they realized they were going to be hit with traveling again. You mean they, when they fired everybody for a third time? <laughs> oh God. Um, Let's get to the good part of this uh, conference call. All right, well, we can jump there. I had one more thing I was going to... Oh, no, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go with that one then. Um, So, the thing I wanted to talk about, because I haven't been on the show for a few weeks, and Mm -hmm. I know you and John had quite a spirited discussion uh, last week, uh, was the issue with Karrion Cross and his main roster jump to Raw, starting with a loss to Jeff Hardy. Um, So, a couple things, and I know how you feel, and we'll get to that in a Mm -hmm. minute. Um... Cross actually commented on it today on his Instagram when he posted, Scarlett asked me in private many months ago what would be my ideal scenario for going up to the main roster. I told her in a perfect world I'd love to work both shows, NXT and Raw, and possibly even SmackDown. 
I wanted to do as much as what was available to do. Birthday rolls around much later, and on that very day, I got what I wanted. Never discussed it with anyone, never talked about it. I just put it out there in the universe and did my best privately to work towards it. Getting in front of a packed arena, full house, and having the opportunity to do what I love in front of the WWE Universe, to hear, see, and feel them after over a year of being here without a full attendance and chasing this for so long before I arrived, this month has been pretty awesome. Looking forward to the future and more. TikTok. Sounds like he's pretty positive about it, regardless of what happened. Yeah, I mean, it's because it's what he wanted. But from a fan standpoint that actually pays attention to NXT and has seen how dominant he's been, to go in and last two minutes and lose to a roll-up with the feet on ropes by Jeff Hardy, it just just doesn't make... Okay, so so did you hear the story today about what the plan for the story was? Um, I'm sure it was them two working at SummerSlam. So the plan for the story originally was he was going to lose to Jeff Hardy again this week. And then ultimately the payoff to the story is Scarlett shows up and she refocuses him and he becomes the killer that he was in NXT. Like they tell the story that she's the missing piece Mm -hmm. to really sort of get her importance to his uh, character character over. Yep. And ultimately he was going to win and annihilate Jeff Hardy. Mm -hmm. So, the issue that people are really upset about is that Cross lost on a fluke where Jeff Hardy, the face, knew he was in such deep shit that he had to cheat. I just, I didn't get as worked up about that as anyone, as everyone else did. The only, the only reason, I, the only issue I really have with it is that it created an atmosphere that's going to make it tough for Cross with the NXT fans. Yes. But in terms of the character of the story, I really didn't have any issue with it. Well, and that that's the thing, like, that's the part that that, that I think I was most fumed about was this guy has dominated every person in NXT as the champion, and he comes in and jobs to Jeff Hardy in two minutes. That that How does that make uh, the, uh, looks, but, the rest of the it, NXT locker room look? But it's a fluke, dude. Still, I mean, that's like, you know, Goldberg came in and, and beat fucking Brock Lesnar in three minutes. It didn't hurt Brock Lesnar. No. So this wasn't even he didn't even come in and dominate Cross. He cheated. He had to cheat to do it. So why would if it didn't hurt Lesnar, why the fuck would it hurt Cross? Because Cross if, is new. Lesnar's had fucking years and but Cross years and is, years. Cross is new to Raw, not to the people. You're worried about his his reaction to the people in NXT. Yes. People in NXT know what he is. He's face to face staring down Samoa Joe. Mm-hmm. He's choking out Samoa Joe. He's dominating the the competition down there. Those fans know what he is. So uh, one fluke roll up where the guy cheated isn't going to shouldn't impact people's perception of what he is in NXT. That's that's not how I look at it. I look at it as wow, the NXT champion just jobbed in two minutes. But. No, I understand what your point, but that's just my personal feeling on it. Okay, like, but what, just, what was was the issue there when John Cena jobbed to Kurt Angle in his debut, or when Sami Zayn jobbed to John Cena in his debut? No, because those matches weren't two minutes long. They were competitive matches. This wasn't really a competitive match. They didn't give them. It a, wasn't it, really a match. It was just exactly though. A, That's what I mean. If, but it if, wasn't. You, you say it wasn't competitive. Cross was kicking the shit out of Hardy before Hardy cheated to win. It wasn't like Hardy was dominating Cross. Nah, give me give me a five to seven match with them. Then I probably wouldn't be that upset. I'd be more upset at that point. 
Because then you're sitting there saying that Jeff Hardy's going toe-to-toe with the NXT champion. What you're telling me now is Cross was beating the shit out of this guy the same way he's beating the shit out of everybody else, but Hardy realized it and cheated to win. That, to me, is a better story than Cross and, and Hardy going a competitive 10 minutes and then Hardy pinning him. I don't know. I just, I didn't like it. What was that? There was a fucking, back in the day, there was a thing where Yokozuna was facing somebody way beneath him, and he was about to squash him, and then he fucking slipped on the ropes and fell, and the guy pinned him. I forget who the guy was, but this was years ago. I mean, that's the WrestleMania 10 finish to him at Brett's match. It it happened on a TV or a house show I was at, too, at one point, with a guy who was nowhere near his level. Mm -hmm. But it was done in such a way that you go, oh, well, that was a fucking fluke. So it doesn't affect you. You don't think less of Yokozuna. It's like shit, you know, slipped on a banana peel. I like the notion that because, you know, what, and we've talked about this before. I'm a big UFC guy, right? Yep. I can sit there and I can watch fucking um, Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier go head to head. And holy shit, this should have been a great fight, but it's over in three minutes because he broke his fucking leg. Well, yeah, there's an element of realism to it when it's not just, oh, this guy's the hot new act, let's just call him up and have him roll over Jeff Hardy. I, there's, To me, in order for this to work, you have to have a certain degree of upsets every now and then and have things happen that are contrary to what you assume are going to happen. We always complain, this is too predictable, this is too... And then when they do something that's different that's not predictable, we go, well, fuck, that didn't go the way I wanted it to. <laughs> And this is why wrestling fans suck, dude. Now, this is exactly what well, it no, is. No, no. The, see, the problem is I don't think I would have been that upset if he wasn't the NXT champion. Because that, that, that kind of knocks off NXT as well. Not really. Again, it, it, it equal, again, that, again so I keep feet, going back to this feet notion. On the ropes people, are, are, people are portraying this as though it was like a Jeff Hardy squash. It wasn't. Hardy was getting the put shit kicked out of him. <laughs> I just I, I didn't like seeing your top NXT talent job to a Jeff Hardy that we also haven't seen in fucking weeks or months. But no more words was back. He's oh, a different yeah. Jeff Hardy oh, now. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely different different Jeff Hardy there. Yeah, yeah. No, I just I didn't like it. I didn't like how it went. We always complain. I know that. That we don't have a that fuck we got we don't have enough good long term stories and we don't talk but yet anytime somebody doesn't like chapter one of the story they fucking lose their shit about it like let the story play out like if at the end of the story you go fuck I don't get what they were going for I didn't like that that's the, that's yeah. one thing but nobody is doing that everybody's sitting there going I read the dust jacket of the fucking book and it sucks like <laughs> you you can't do that. <laughs> Well, like, I, I, I watched, think tra- I watched I watched 22 Marvel movies, but that fucking first trailer for Infinity War didn't do it for me, so I don't fucking watch it. If anybody said that, fuck you. Um, but that's what they're doing. But no, okay. So listen, if I thought this was just gonna be a if I knew this was gonna be a story, which I don't even know if we're still doing now, because Jeff tested positive for COVID. Like, w- well, the, the writers certainly should have expected that when putting the storyline together. Well, no, no, I know, and I'm just <laughs> saying, like, like if if they had another match like this week, maybe I would have been like, oh, okay, all right, let's let's see where this one goes, and Jeff would have beat him again, and I would have been like, are you fucking kidding me? 
But it, in a if it was like a legit like uh, uh, the fuck is there fucking finisher called? Um, not Ooh. Swanton, the fucking the Connor. Twist of Fate. Twist of Fate. Twist of Fate, and then hit him with the fucking Swanton, and that was it. But that's how people are acting like it went, and it didn't. It was a fluky bullshit win. Yes. I didn't like it. All right? I didn't like it. What do you want me to say? I, like, I, 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 look, I'm not sitting there. Like I said, I'm not crazy about it, but I'm willing to sit back and let see how it goes. It didn't, like, ruin Cross for me. I wasn't the world's biggest Cross guy based on his performances so far anyway, mm-hmm. but... Um, like I said, I, I always thought he had a great, great main event, uh, main roster look anyway. Uh, problem being that he's going to be put over as a monster, and he is a relatively smaller guy smaller than guy. a lot of the guys on their spot. So they're, they're going to have to figure out a way to work around that. Not Lip, that they can't, not that they haven't, but... Put some six-inch lifts in those boots, baby. Probably. Probably. <laughs> uh, also, I just, boy, I his... Think it's, I think I think wrestling fans, much like you know sci-fi fans, like Star Trek, Star Wars... Quick to judge. They just like to bitch about stuff. Yeah. Part of the enjoyment that wrestling fit, like, I think I've mentioned this before. Shout out to a friend of the show, uh, Brian Malonis, uh, who should get a match for the Ring of Honor Pure Championship. Um, shout out to him. At one point said to me, and, and the truest thing I've heard from a performer, nobody hates wrestling like wrestling fans do. Oh, yeah. It's just like Patriots <laughs> fans are the worst uh, criti- criticizers of the Patriots. Oh, that's that's absolutely not true. Absolutely not true. And that's one of the things about Patriots fans that drive me nuts is that, uh, even in New England, is that the, everything is just... And Yankee fans are the same way. It's like, no matter what, they're the best thing that's going to happen. And the whole world's against them. And, you know, everybody that puts on their uniform is the best that's ever done it. And blah, blah, blah. And they, they are not critical at all of their own team, typically. Uh... I mean, I think after last season that changed, but that's that's that last season was a little different. But <laughs> so I, I mean, I I'll agree hundred percent to that. Wrestling like for fan- example, today the Yankees, who are nine games back of first place, got dick stomped fourteen to nothing, Ooh. but they traded for Anthony Rizzo, who the Red Sox wanted. So now all of a sudden they act like, oh well, that's it. Fucking, it's over now. We're coming. We're gonna end up in first place again. That was their golden ticket. Like, dude, the guy's hitting two forty something. Like, yeah, it's a nice pickup. But if you think that's gonna fix nine game in the standings if behind was, two teams, no. If he was hitting three fifty, different story. It would help more, sure. Oh, but absolutely. No one, no one offensive player wins in baseball. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I. Malonis is so spot on with that wrestling. But you're fans. playing into it. That was what blew my mind about it. Like I sort of expect like John and Sal and those guys to get because they approach these things as, as fans. Like, and I so that's, I sometimes disagree with them, and I totally understand where they're coming from at the same time. Yeah. Because they don't have the perspective of sitting in those meetings and writing out stories and writing out the first chapter of that mm-hmm. story, knowing where it's going to go. You've been in those rooms. Yeah. You and I both have been in those rooms, and you still sometimes fall into I that bite, same trap. Dude. I bite. But maybe maybe that's what happens when you don't you're not in one of those rooms for couple years maybe. Maybe. you lose your touch and you lose all the fucking insider knowledge maybe maybe she's right. 
take that description off my <laughs> off the website. There you go. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Enough about Cross and, and Hardy. We've, we've mm-hmm. you know beat that to death. Although I do think I do sort of like the idea of bringing in Scarlet as an answer to the problem rather yes. than just a random thing. Like I was concerned they were taking her away from him entirely. Oh. If the storyline is she is the savior and she's the power behind him, I'm actually all there for that. Yes. She's almost, uh, I mean, as stupid as it sounds, Undertaker's urn. And it's, it's, it's sort of like, so she's not there and then she arrives and he's, he becomes who he is and he's a killer again and he gets the big fancy entrance back and it's like he becomes that guy that we saw in NXT because she's back. Like, I like that story. Yeah, he, he needs he needs that entrance back badly. Yes, yes. But maybe that's pa- all part and parcel of what they're trying to do. Yeah. So let's give them a fucking chance to tell the story. No. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I want the ending now. <laughs> I know. This is why wrestling sucks sometimes. This is why wrestling fans right. are awful. All right, enough about that. Okay. Uh, last thing we're going to talk about, and we sort of hinted at it a little bit. During today's conference call, uh, Vince McMahon was asked about AEW's current position in the pro wrestling landscape as compared to WCW in the late 90s. His response, well, it's certainly not a situation where that was when Ted Turner was coming after us with all of the Time Warner's assets as well. That was a different situation. AEW is where they are. I really don't know what their plans are. All I know is what our plans are. I don't consider them competition in the way that I would consider WCW back in the day. Uh, This was quickly followed up by Nick Khan, who is, uh, many people don't know, one of the uh, top Top people in WWE right now, uh, one of Vince McMahon's right-hand men. Uh, he said, I think the way we always look at these situations, you know, it's sort of like a horse race where the horse has blinders on. We're looking straight ahead at our lane and making sure that we stay in the front of the pack. At the same time, everything is our competition. So someone has a line a couple weeks ago that we all chuckled about and agreed with, sleep is our competition, right? If it was up to us, people would be up 24 hours a day watching content from different content providers, hopefully including ours. So we don't look at any organization particularly as competition, yet we see everything as competitive with what we're trying to do in terms of eyeballs. How? how so how much did this set off your bullshit meter, Ginger? What do you mean? <laughs> this was like such a big old fuck you to AEW. You guys aren't worth our fucking time. And we don't give a shit. You are not our competition. That is fucking fantastic. Uh, that has a lot of me doth pro- think you protest too much. So say that one more time? That old saying, uh, I think thou doth protest too much. Uh that sounds like you're going out of your way to make it sound like you don't care because you actually do. I I, I, I don't think they're as concerned as the stands think they are. Um, I feel the stands think AEW is already competing with them. AEW is not even in the same ballpark yet. Well. <sighs> God, are you, dude, news outlets still put WWE superstar Chris Jericho did da 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 any former WWE superstar that's in AEW is still considered a WWE superstar. Mainstream acceptance will be the last thing to come. No doubt about that. The, the, anybody that tells you otherwise, but getting guys like CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, for all the shit people talk about, oh, well, blah, 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 you get faces that the mainstream already knows, that is a big step in that direction. Yes. Um, 
so over and above what they can do in the ring, their presence makes them valuable. Mainstream acceptance is going to be the last thing, the last milestone to hurdle. And mm-hmm. it really was for WCW, too. Mm-hmm. But what we're looking at now is they're inching closer every week to those numbers of total viewers that Raw has. They're, I think, 1.1. I think Raw was at 1.8. So, yes, they're still a good distance ahead, mm-hmm. but AEW continues to inch closer. A signing of Punk or Daniel Bryan, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's going to push them over the top, but it's going to get them a lot closer. And every single time they do one of these things, they get closer and closer and closer. And the longer WWE continues to stay in the same lane with those blinders on and not seeing what they're doing, uh, he likes to use the horse race analogy. And I'll sit there and tell you, when your horse is sluggish and people are catching up on it, you got to whip it in the ass. Yeah. And they need to take those blinders off and see what's happening around them and realize that it's time to start whipping that horse in the ass. Yeah, and, and you, you can't sit here and tell me that mm-hmm. nobody in the company doesn't pay attention to what they're doing over there. Of oh, course. I can tell you people in the back at NXT talk about it and watch it. So Of course they do. Yeah. They fucking, they, of course they fucking do. And even even the guys on the main, I hate saying main roster, but on Raw and SmackDown rosters, you know they're watching that shit. Hundred percent. They're trying to see what the fucking what the next injury is going to be over there. <laughs> but uh, and also they they do have buddies over there too. Like everybody thinks, oh, it's WWE versus AEW. When in reality, it's it's literally just the owners and the higher ups. The workers don't give a flying fuck. I I've always said my biggest issue is I don't have a problem with AEW at all in general. I just have a problem with people portrayed as being largely different than WWE. I think they're they're the same in a lot of ways. I will say I think, I, like I said, my biggest plus in AEW and my biggest fuck you at WWE is and you can say what you want for better or for worse. AEW gives you finishes. They give you winners and losers. That doesn't mean there's not you know shenanigans, but at the end of the day, you're not getting 45 disqualifications and 85 run-ins and you know rematches every other week. And there is some variety to it and variety that has a payoff. And you devote your time to something and you get a, a result. Whether it's the result you want or not, you get that. Mm-hmm. So that to me is that's the thing that always turned me off about hockey. Because back in the day, games would end tied. And I've sort of always felt like if I'm devoting three three hours of my time in my life, I want a goddamn I want a, winner. I want a fucking I want a fucking conclusion. I want something yeah. I could say either my team won or my team lost, but I need some sort of closure to that three hours. Yeah, I get that with AEW. I often don't with WWE. If <sighs> that makes sense. Yeah. No. 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 I I I can't say that AEW does that, but from what minimal clips that I have seen of it? Yeah. Shit. See, I, They're I, so I, into getting finishes, they will drag a concussed guy to the corner and tag him out. Okay. That, yeah, that's. <laughs> I'm not advocating that. I think you know I'm not advocating. I know. That, I but, know. It was a. It was a joke. But like, I'd be curious to just do like a one month swap where like where you go and watch AEW for a month straight. Ugh. 
and then report back and see what you but the problem is you have to free yourself of your bias i know you you have an idea about the young bucks and you go in there negative about them uh, you'd have to like woosah and get rid of all the negative negativity and go in there with an open mind and just watch the product and, and report back after a month of watching it straight. Well, I mean, uh, we did this once for one show, and I didn't shit on AEW the whole time when I was on it. No, 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 but, but you didn't follow up, and you didn't see what the where the story went or any of the development of any of the angles. Like, well, I mean, I just have... I said, I'd like to give it a month where you sort of see stuff progress and then see how you feel about it after the fact. That's maybe, maybe I just follow the text and not actually watch it. Right, and, and there's problem. a lot of negativity <laughs> in the text that comes largely from people's resentments of the stands and just the, their complete yeah uh, because the thing is i don't think it's a hatred of aew i think it's a lack of hatred of wwe and all the vitriol and anger that people spew towards wwe from that side of the aisle that we all naturally as people who grew up with wwe immediately jump into well i gotta fucking defend my the thing that i grew up with yeah um, and I think that sort of instantly makes our perceptions of AEW sometimes sound negative because it's more a reaction to the negativity that's directed at WWE from that side. Yeah. So, I, like that's what I said, I, I, so, a weird social experiment. I'd be curious to give you a month and see how you feel about it after that. Well, maybe, maybe me and Sal can swap. Maybe. Well, we'd, we'd have to have a, a name Wrestle Swap. There you go. Wrestle swap for the month. Yeah, so I'm like, we'll talk about it, but it's just a, it's just a thought. But uh, anyway, that's it for the news desk. That took longer than I expected it to. Uh, <laughs> but you know, we just sort of started vamping, so yeah. fuck it, run with it. Yeah, that's when we're at our best. Right? I was gonna say that's the best podcasting you can get right there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, if that's the case, I mean, we got no more news. By the way, speaking of uh, speaking of uh, AEW, mm-hmm. uh, congrats to uh, Jorah Jahal, the new Atlantic Pro Wrestling Champion. Oh yes. Uh, this past weekend, yeah. AEW signed talent, uh, captured that belt, and apparently August third, if you go over to Facebook, Atlantic Pro Wrestling on Facebook, they're going to be doing a watch party to show how that whole thing went down. It was not a scheduled match. It was. An impromptu thing. I was not even there. I had to hear about it after the fact. So, yeah. man, they even left you in the dust, right? Atlantic Pro Wrestling on Facebook. Go check them out. Yeah, please do. And fight.com. Fight.com. Fight TV. Fight TV. Atlantic Pro Wrestling. Yes. Well, if that's the case, ladies and gentlemen, Jason, are you ready? Sure. This is the NXT Rundown. We get a reminder of last week of Cross taking out Regal and pissing pretty much everybody off. How did you feel? How did, uh, right off the bat, Jason walks away when I'm just about to ask him a question because I haven't gotten his thoughts on this whole scenario yet. So I'm going to vamp until he comes back. Oh, yeah. His background is amazing, by the way. Um, yeah. yeah. All right, fuck it. Pete Dunne and Oni Larkin are here to take on Old and Toothless. Okay, you're good. You're back. 
How did you feel <laughs> about how do you feel about the small joke carrying cross situation? Not including what happens, what we're going to discuss later. Like where we're how we how we got where we got. Yes. So, and I had this in my notes later. So I guess since we're talking about it now, I'll bring it yeah, up now. Fuck it. Um, I feel like the promotion of Cross to Raw put a ultra light warp speed on this angle. I feel like this was designed originally to sort of progress slowly over time. Really? I don't think. I, my guess is the original plan was not for Joe to be an authority figure for three weeks. Uh, I think it was probably designed to go on a little bit longer and really sort of establish this, mm-hmm. but they probably want Cross to finish up in NXT soon, so they sort of had to fast track it. Yeah, how did you feel him taking out Regal? Oh, uh, is it a nice touch or a bad touch in your opinion? I, I, it's an old school wrestling touch, mm-hmm. like it's like Vader beating up Gorilla Monsoon back in the day. But but when I say like it's it's rushed, I don't feel like we had really established the interpersonal relationship between Regal and Joe to the point where that would be the catalytic event that would push Joe over the edge. And I think given more time, that story could have been told better so that that had more emotional impact on the viewer. Does that make sense? This is why no I I I got you. But this is why it's kind of aggravating. Why, why rush this? Like, wh- unless Cross absolutely wants to direly be on Raw so bad and not be in NXT. I, like, I think Vince wants him on Raw. I think Vince is looking for ways to freshen up the product. Uh, understandable, but let this fucking play. They, I agree with you. I think Listen, they should have played this out a bit. The problem is we view NXT as our favorite. Yes. You know, Titan Sports, whatever the fuck you want to call it, <laughs> um, product. Vince views it as a place to get the next guys for my show. Mm-hmm. And if that means fucking up your storyline, oh well. Hey, I want Tegan Knox. Hey, I want Carrie Cross. Hey, I want Shotzi. Yeah, it sort of is what it is. It just sucks. Yeah, it's just part of what we have to deal with as NXT fans. I mean, I'm glad because then they more than likely get more money. Absolutely. So it's like, I get... Why they would be like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll take my money. Let me let me go up to Raw. Let me go up to SmackDown. But well, you have to remember, for a lot of these guys, WWE was always the dream, not yes. NXT. Yes. Yeah, but also at the same time, you don't have the style. Like you ma- just sorry, we just we just read the quote from Karrion Cross mm-hmm. where he talks about there's a difference between being out in front of that NXT crowd and going into a sold out arena with WWE. Oh yeah. I mean, that, that's a given. But, uh, I forgot what my fucking point was. Um, yeah, I don't even know. Completely lost it. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Alright, let's get the, let's get the show on the road here. I got like 800 tweets about fucking NFL and NBA draft prospects. I gotta go through here, so. Oh, sorry. Pete Dunn <laughs> and Oni Lorkin taking on Old and Toothless. Tim and Pete start. And what do you guess? They wrestle. <laughs> Neither can get the upper hand, so they both. For win. as shredded as Pete Dunn has gotten, he's skipped a lot of leg days. I feel. Yes. Well, but then he, leg, he just could, he just could have CLD. What's that? It's chicken leg disease. Ah. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a lacking area for him now. Yeah. 
Uh, chops back and forth, but Oni gets tossed to the apron. He gets a knee to the dome piece. International and a big clothesline by Pete to Ciampa. Uh, double chest pounds, but Oni and Pete reverse. All men are on the outside. And Pete and Oni get sent into the boards as, as old toothless pose on the commentator's table. You know, I actually didn't mind the pose with Timmy there. Well, Tim didn't do like the pat on the back of the play. He just sort of sat there next to Chapel. Like with a sadistic it. smile on his face. Yeah. It I mean, was the guy that sat next to Matt Riddle while he did dumb shit. So it's not really that far of a departure for him, you know? Yeah, true. <laughs> um, we come back from commercial, and Pete has Tim in a Mexican surfboard hookup. He tags Oni. Pulls Tim vertically and only. Uh, if I had a dollar for every Mexican hookup on a surfboard. So I dark head. <laughs> only starts slapping Tim and Tim breaks it looking for his own, but he's slapped again and only looks for a half Nelson suplex, but Tim breaks it and hits a jumping kick and tags in Champa. Speaking of Mexican hookups, have you talked to Sal yet? No. Okay. Ciampa hits eight clotheslines to both men, then the double clothesline to finish. Dunn hits a rebound German, hand stomp, buzzsaw kick, and immediately goes for the bitter end, but Ciampa reverses into a Fujiwara armbar. Oni reaches in to help Pete, but Tim applies an ankle lock and pulls him outside. He pulls him back to the barricade and out of absolutely nowhere... He is clotheslined by a man that me and Sal actually recently brought up a couple weeks ago, a returning Ridge Holland. You mean the guy who you guys couldn't remember his name? Shh. Um, <laughs> and then the battery went to 100%, and then Ridge Holland appeared. Because, yeah, that's, that's retcon that shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, he recovered quickly. Yeah, that was a catastrophic leg injury <laughs> on both legs, I believe. I think it was just on his left, wasn't it? I think there was damage on both. Oh, just the snapping sound. Different just, damage oh. on both. It's funny because you guys weren't even watching the show. I was watching the show live, and I was like, holy shit, Rich Holland's <laughs> fucked up. And you're all like, what happened? <laughs> I remember that night. And I immediately went and looked at it. Um, I wished you hadn't. That stuff doesn't really bother me. Yeah. But I, I, it bothers me because it sucks for that person. But, like, the sounds and stuff, that doesn't bother me. Speaking of which, that, that picture of the injury Natalia suffered on Raw, that looked fucking nasty, too. Oh. No, yeah. I said it in the feed. I, I'm sorry that she got hurt. You know, we never wish anybody to get injured. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be nice to not see Natalia on TV for a while. Dude. Listen, like I said, I'm sorry that Not you got injured. Cool. I just don't want her on my TV. That's it. <sighs> That's all. I'm like I said, I, I don't want her to get injured. But uh Pete breaks up the armbar, Chapa takes him Rude. out only to turn around into the bitter end. By Dunn, and that's all she wrote. Your winners are Pete Dunn and Oni Lorkin. Uh Thatcher tries to save Chapa, but Gets pounced by Ridge immediately, then body slammed into the ropes twice. Ridge then headbutts Champa while the other two hold him, and 
Pete, Oni, and Ridge all stand tall. It's interesting because he was originally supposed to be a part of this group and then yes. sort of the injury. And, and once you get Danny Birch back, this is actually a pretty good faction. Um, yeah. I sort of dig that. Uh, apparently, so he, he is apparently right back into this group. And uh, I guess that means Holland is the Holland is the uh, rigid member of the group. If he had been shaken, he would be the quivering rigid member of the group. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my gosh! What did you think of this tag match, Jason? Uh, it was good. I mean, it was fine. I, I find myself a lot of the time when when Thatcher's in these matches, wishing it was just champ in a singles match with Dunn. <laughs> um, because I don't have a ton of use for Thatcher or Lorcan, to be completely honest. And listen, I love Biff, don't get me wrong, but it's just, like, I, I look at this and go, these two are so good singles, like, I just want to see the singles match between these two. Yeah. Um, I, what, do you th- what do you think went wrong with Oni? Why do you think he never really got... Because I think he's a great worker. But like it's I don't know want, if it's because of Do you his, want the the honest answer? Yeah, I'll, give me give me your honest answer. He doesn't answer. look like a superstar. Okay. He doesn't have a superstar look. He doesn't he doesn't have Hollywood good looks. He doesn't yeah. have overt like really badass looks. He's just he's a skinnier dude. He's in great shape, but he's pale he's pale as, you know, the day is long. He's sort of slight, skinny. And his wrestling style, while good, is not supremely exciting. So, similar to Thatcher in that regard, like he can do a lot of stuff in the ring, but it's not necessarily going to be like he's not going to get the holy shit chant that often. You know what I mean? Yeah, true, true. He, he doesn't have that like wow factor. Yeah. Okay. I can agree to that. Um. But yeah, I mean, back to the conversation. Rich Holland, man, I can't believe he already fucking came back. He's the new John Cena. That <laughs> I kind of wish. Like, I I wonder where they're gonna bring this to for a takeover. But I kind of wish he made his return at takeover. I think it would have been more impactful. You're assuming these guys are gonna be on takeover. I don't know that that's a foregone conclusion. Well, I, by the time, I, no, by I the time we're done with this show, I don't know that that's, that's at all probable. True. Which, Pete Dunne should be on every fucking takeover, in my opinion. I, I'm going to blow your mind on this one. I'm not sure there's a natural fit for Johnny Gargano on this takeover. <sighs> no Johnny takeover. They'll get him in there. They, we we'll, still we'll got four weeks. <laughs> Uh, we then get a Carmelo Hayes promo package for the breakout tournament. As something moves behind me. Uh, Samoa Joe then is walking into the building. Hit row promo shitting all over Legato Del Fantasma. Alright, so the hit row promo was awesome, dude. Um, I know you know, I know you, look, you and John doesn't do it continue. for me. You guys continue to shit on Hit Row while I'm not here, and I'm not I'm not here for the Hit Row slander. <laughs> I am going to defend the best angle that WWE, the best faction WWE has going right now. Um, they do this promo, and Top Dollar cuts his promo in Spanish when he's talking to Legato, and then when he starts talking to Imperium, he does like a fake British accent. 
this dude's fucking hilarious. I love this shit. He was great. And I actually thought Ashante's delivery was was fantastic here. I thought he cut a really good promo here. Glad you did. Well, I, you know, talk, I'll talk to you in two months when you're like, yo, I'm starting to, starting to grow on me. The, okay, so I don't want to say their work ethic is bad. I just don't like the gimmick. I, I love the gimmick. It's like it's I new. Said, it's new, but I just it's just not for me. That, that's they're breaking I'm... new ground in terms of this. Like, there's never been a group like this. This is like I, I shouldn't say that because they did have a shitty black record label gimmick in WCW at one point. Well, they brought in like the No Limit Soldiers and sort of tried to make them yeah. a wrestling thing. But this is a thing on their own and they're developing new characters and new personas. They're not taking an existing Pete Dunne and an existing Oni Lorcan and they're taking Swerve as the only established talent that's on this oh, group. Yeah. And he's using his profile to raise these other guys up while using them back up to raise himself up. This is a fantastic pairing. Like I love this group. And the star of this group to me honestly is Bfab. And she doesn't even wrestle, at least not yet. Her fucking promos and the, the way she cuts her shit and the believability and the edginess and sort of sexiness she brings to this group is just fantastic. Did you just say she had a nice turd cutter? I did not say that at all. <laughs> I mean, she does, but I didn't say that. She does have extremely long legs. She does. I'm a leg fan. Oh, well, <laughs> there you go. Do do I like? Well, we'll we'll get into it when we get to the match. But. The thing about the thing about the hit road dis- discussion that we keep having, yep, is that you keep saying I don't like it, but you can't tell me why you don't like it, and that's sort of the thing. It's it, like it's, it's I don't like a hip hop uh, gimmick. Okay, so you're racist. I got it. Okay, oh, now that makes more sense. Right, now we can move up. on. I'm not racist, okay. you fucking dickhead. <laughs> you're an asshole for that one. <laughs> Uh, I'm not no, even gonna say another comment on that. No, 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 no. I'm just playing. No, I'm no, like, I you're know. like, you're like, you're like the Rundown Wrestling Network's version of the West Texas Rednecks. Oh my God, Samoa Joe is headed to the ring. Rap is crap. Is that the the oh, fucking oh my song? Oh Yep. Is that Kurt Angle and like Brad? Was that Brad? Whoa, Kurt Henning? No, John Hawk. I think. Yeah, Kurt Henning. You said no, Kurt Angle. That? Oh, did I say Kurt Angle? <laughs> yeah. oh, Kurt. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, but that that's where you fall in right now you just it's because it's rap you don't like it it's, it's just the, the, it's, it's not for me right now it's not it's not my but not everything has to be for you like there oh, are no, things and that's that are, the thing uh, there are things that are not directed at me that I can sit there and go I can see why this is good you, can, you, you appreciate it right now I grew up with this music, so Hit Row is, is is really something I'm down for, and 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 I think part of it, to be honest, is that I went into Hit Row already as a Swerve fan, yes, and you did not, no. So for me to see them throw support behind him and build a group around him, I love that group instantaneously. But I also love the. Take the rap stuff out. Take the take the ciphers out. Take all the shit that I think is great that you don't like. I said the personality that has already started to develop with Ashante, the personality that you're starting to see with Top Dollar, mm-hmm. 
and the personality that, that BFAB brings to the group. Like, you are developing new stars yeah. with this group. And, and I'm all there for it. That's all I'm saying. Okay, cool. They're bringing them new stars. If you look at it that aspect, yeah, that's good. Like I said, I'm not against their work ethic. It's just a gimmick I don't like. And apparently I'm a racist because of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, okay. Well, you are you are a white devil, so there's that. Rapid. Look at your red beard, sir. <laughs> Before getting in the ring, Joe throws a table, a chair. All, all, of, all of a sudden, Ginger's much more in favor of this whole going on to an AEW for a month idea. <laughs> and along with a contract binder. Hmm. Uh, says he could call out Cross till he's fa- blue in the face, but Cross is too gutless to even be in the building right now. No, it's probably because he has to quarantine because of Jeff Hardy. Uh, <clears throat> he then calls Mr. Regal to the ring. Regal obliges and comes out looking very angry. But so, no music. Nope. Uh, no, I was waiting for normally dur, when he comes out. Dur, dur. Oh, <laughs> He's a man. I think that would have fucked up the tone they were going for. Uh, yes. Um, Joe says, I understand what Cross did was reprehensible, and you plan to fire Cross. And I have a better solution. I have a way to satisfy our needs in three easy steps. One, I tender my resignation as NXT management immediately. I quit. He pulls out another piece of paper and says, you sign this paper and reactivate me as an active member of the NXT roster. He hands Regal a pen and Regal kind of hesitates, but says fuck it and signs it anyway. See, when, when he said, when he said I quit, Triple H should have come out and gone, motherfucker, do you know what I went through <laughs> after you got fired to get your ass back here? And fucking three weeks later, you quit, you piece of shit. That would have been funny. Oh, God. <laughs> but of course, I said this is a three-step process. And with this pe- piece of paper, you make Samoa Joe versus Karrion Cross for TakeOver 36 for the NXT Championship. Regal signs it. Crowd chants, thank you, Regal. And I, I appreciated that chant for some reason. I don't know why. So, so when I say it was fast tracked, right? Yeah. Like in my in my headspace, the original plan was probably something to the extent of the Johnny and Cross angle builds up a little bit longer, and Johnny and Cross is at takeover with Joe as the referee, and that's where we get that big angle, and yeah. then they spend the next the next section of time building that to the following takeover. Yeah. Makes sense. I, like, it wouldn't shock me if that was the original plan, and then they had to fast-track it. And that's why that match wasn't on Great American Bash, but it was on regular NXT the week after. Yeah, yeah. That is that is a valid point you have there, sir. Uh, so, how do we feel... How do you feel about uh, Samoa Joe being an active wrestler again? It just blows my mind, because, like, if he was that close to getting cleared, why the fuck did they release him in the first place? Money. 
but he is money. So if he can go oh, out yeah. there and perform for you, then there's no reason to release him. Well, and also I think I want to say me and like Sal. the money makes sense if he was only going to stay as a commentator. But if he was cleared to wrestle, then the money shouldn't be an issue because he wasn't making like a ridiculous sum of money for an active wrestler on the mm-hmm. roster. Yeah, just renegotiate the contract. That's all they had to do. Yeah, it's just it doesn't make any sense to me. Nope, not at all. And also, he said in an interview he wasn't in any rush to get back in the ring either. Right. He was enjoying yeah. having, being a commentator and doing backstage shit. Yeah. Which, that that is a whole different show, especially at Atlantic Pro Wrestling. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel that... Where do they go with Joe after? I don't want to look too forward and in, into the future, but we, we. You mean when he's the NXT champion, the first three-time NXT champion in history? Yeah, like where, who? They've been building up him and Adam Cole for a while. And him and Pete Dunne as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, him and Dunne had the one standoff. But oh, dude, they, already, did, they did it four weeks in a row. But he's already choked out Cole too. By the way, I love the I love the Samoa Joe T-shirt that just says "Provoke me." Yeah. I want one of those. Yeah. Because <laughs> it, it doesn't even look like a wrestling shirt. Nope, just says provoke me. I love it. <laughs> uh, so I'm 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 okay with this. You know when when I used to watch Joe in TNA, never a fan. Really? Nope, wasn't a fan. I thought he was just huh. an asshole that just literally beat the shit out of everybody. I would think that would appeal to you. No, it didn't. Because huh. that's when I was like, all right, I'm kind of getting in the business. You got to be safe about stuff, but. When he's legitimately like beating the fuck out of people, and he the, works snug, but he's never had a reputation for being a guy that hurt people. Not hurt people, but beating the shit out of people. Yeah, he, he works stiff. A lot of guys work yeah. stiff. Yeah, I don't like stiff workers. Not my thing. Only stiff penises. Yes, like mine. <laughs> Josh Briggs breakout tournament video package. Um, how'd you feel his video? We, we've already, we've already done Carmelo Hayes. We've seen him cut promos and stuff. How did you feel Josh did on this one? Um, I thought he did good. Uh, Josh has always been a pretty good promo. If you limit sort of the, the verbiage and mm-hmm. he just sort of plays the intimidating badass, he's always been very good at that. I will say, I think he's less intimidating with the short hair. Yes. Like I, I, I'm sure there were reasons that they cut his hair off, but I think he looked more of a badass with the long hair. Yes, it was almost and as, as stupid as I sound by saying this, it's kind of a Baron Corbin situation. Baron Corbin had the long hair in NXT. Well, I, you know, and I don't mean to compare Josh to this person because a he's got a way to go before he reaches that level, yeah. but b. Uh, I think he's a better worker than this person, but sort of reminds me of, remember when the big show cut his hair off? Yeah. And he looked like less intimidating. Mm-hmm. He didn't look like the caveman or like the, yeah. you know, the, 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 there's an intimidating presence that a guy like that carries with his, with his look yeah. that I think is lost a little bit on this case where he cut his hair. But yeah, I, I, I agree to that. I agree. Uh, we go to a beautiful golf course, and L.A. Knight and his butler, Cameron <laughs> Grimes, are there. 
Grimes is doing a jerk-off motion behind Knight. He eventually asks him, how long do you want me to wash your balls for? No, no, no. So <laughs> he yells to the delight of anybody in the area around him, hey, so how long you want me to wash your balls for? <laughs> Knight tells him to quiet down. <laughs> Yeah, that was what I'm saying. Like, what? You told me to wash your balls. Uh, come over here. Uh, Knight says, give me my driver. Grimes replies, driver? I am your driver. <laughs> he ends up handing him an iron. Knight tells him, you need to learn your clubs if, you, if you're my caddy, and shows him what a driver is. No, no, no. He says... He says, this is a sandwich. He goes, sandwich? Do you oh. want a driver or a sandwich? <laughs> right before night swings, Grimes says, 1,000 bucks says you hit that ball right into those trees over there. Knight says, stand over there. Well, I thought you were a gambling man. Knight lines up again. $5,000 those trees over there. Knight tells him to shut up. I'm trying to concentrate. Knight lines up again. Knight swings, and sure enough, right into those trees. <laughs> right into those trees. I believe you owe me 5000 bucks. Knight replies, I don't owe you anything. Now go get my ball. Chapter one finished of this entourage. Holy shit, it is fucking pouring outside. Um, yeah, I got flood watch alerts for New Hampshire all on my TV shows tonight. So. Oh, that's not good. Hopefully, I don't lose fucking connection here. Um, how'd you feel about the first chapter, sir? I liked it. I was, I was. You know me. Sometimes I don't necessarily go in for this goofy stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was all in for this, like the golf setting. The, oh yeah. Because golf is such is such a stuck up sort of rigid setting that it lends itself to to Cameron Grimes' style of comedy. Yes. Breakout tournament match time: Carmelo Hayes versus Josh Briggs. <clears throat> we get an, as soon as the match starts, immediate scoop slam by Briggs, showing off his his power. Carmelo goes for a springboard but gets caught in a bear hug, but Melo fights out and goes to the corner. Briggs charges but gets a low drop kick, sending Briggs into the buckle face first. So my first reaction, and I know you jumped ahead a little bit, Mm -hmm. but my first reaction to this was Briggs put on some weight. Yes. He looks much bigger than the last time I remember seeing him. Um, And I, I... Okay, it's not a bad thing because I think he was he was thinner before, and I think yeah. <clears throat> for for the dominant monster thing that they're going for, I think he needs more mass yes. on him. But it, it was definitely noticeable and something that I took. I, whoa! Oh, okay. I don't remember that. Yeah, so. yeah. I same thing popped into my head. Uh, Briggs was looking to get back in the ring, but is caught with kicks and Hayes. Hits the springboard leg drop, but hits him with his ass and basically sits on the back of his head. Yep, I caught, I had that same note too. Like uh, I was going for a leg drop, didn't quite get there. Well, I think that's why he kicked him so much. He was like trying to key, hey, move over a little bit, move over, move over, and then he just didn't. So Carmel was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna do it anyway." <laughs> uh, we come back from break and Duke Hudson is on commentary due to the winner of this match being his next opponent in the tournament 
Release Sidewalk and a Jumping Splash gets a two for Briggs. Uh, sorry, I lost my spot. Springboard Turning Clothesline by Hayes gets a much-needed break for Hayes. Uh, Chokeslam attempt, but Hayes backflips and hits a code breaker for a two. And wow, he had to jump high up for that one. Yeah. Dude's got some height. Hayes hits a pump kick. And and Hayes has some ups, so. Yes. Hayes hits a pump kick in the corner, making Josh look a little loopy for a second. That was definitely fucking stiff. Okay, so this was actually a note I had. Okay. What did you think of Briggs selling in this match? Way overselling, in my opinion. Thought so, too. Okay, yeah. it looked to the like point the, of the looking gl- awkward. Like the legs and shit like yeah. that. Yeah, to the point of looking awkward. It was... Yeah. And, and I don't know, part of that is like, you know, working around the indies at his size, you don't sell a ton like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so you go in here and you're expected to sell more for smaller guys. It's probably a different learning process. Yeah. But but I, I definitely took note of it like, wow, that's... A lot of almost overselling yeah. for a big guy. Like, a big guy should sell less. Yeah. But, I mean, would you rather have I, him... And don't get me wrong. It got it got Carmelo over. Yes. Like, he, he did his job if his job was to go out there and make Carmelo Hayes look great. So I think what um, they wanted was... I don't think they wanted him to bump too many times. So they just told him to sell standing up. And that's what he went for. Right. But, I mean, I could be wrong. We don't know what they told him to do or anything like that, but that, that would be my guess on things. With that. Yeah. Um, right after that pump kick, uh, Briggs hits a gigantic big boot and a choke slam for two. Mello gave him a lot on that choke slam. <laughs> Hayes hits a, tur- two, uh, hits a tilt-a-whirl. Two tilt-a-whirl takedowns, climbs to the top, and hits a guillotine leg drop with Briggs hunched over. And that's it for Josh Briggs. Moving on to take on Duke Hudson is Carmelo Hayes. Don't want to say this, but I'm going to. Kind of saw this coming. I think we all did. I mean, Hayes has been the guy. They've already started to push him. Yeah. I'm actually really looking forward to him and Duke Hudson. I think that has the potential to be a very, very good match. From I, I was impressed by Hudson and what I saw in the match with uh, Giro a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do with uh, Carmelo and what Carmelo can do with him. So it should be fun. Yeah. Uh, this match was pretty good. Um, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Like I said, there were some things that I was like, but I think they did the uh, – fast agile guy versus big guy dynamic well here yes um and i think briggs came across like somebody you want to see i've actually seen a couple people like what the fuck is up with his tights what's with that gear um so he has years ago he dislocated his hip in a match oh really and yeah and he had to miss a bunch of time because of it so that that thing he's wearing is actually like a brace for his hip then it's under his tights so that's why it looks a little different now correct me if i'm wrong he used to wear something similar on his shoulder too right yeah he had a shoulder thing too yeah so yeah interesting uh but yeah i was even like huh i wonder what that is but now i know yep uh yeah this this was 
a good old two New England guys going at it and showing what they could do. And yep, that that's um, like that's constant work that we get in New England. All the time. And that's that's not even a lie. Like that's, that's just look at the is. New England talent that has come out of this area in the last five or so years. Yep. It's it's like an embarrassment of riches. And there's that next group that's getting ready to come through too. So it's fantastic. I love it. Yep. And like knowing knowing these guys. And like, by the way, by the way, allow me to pick up one small bone to pick from last week's episode with you and John. Oh boy. You talked about the school that everyone comes out of. It's not chaotic. Chaotic is the wrestling promotion. I know. The school is New England Pro Wrestling Academy. I know. I'm sorry. But I'm sure they have Chaotic Wrestling. I don't even know their website. But if, if people really wanted to search and look into it, I'm sure they plug their school. Yeah. <laughs> um... Dinner time with Frankie Monet and Robert Fuckstone brand. Mackenzie asks what her association with the brand is. She says I could merge, I, we could rebuild, or Jesse and I could go for the NXT Tag Team Championships. Championship. Casey and Caden Carter interrupt, and they say nothing of relevancy besides you don't just go to the straight to the top. You go to the back of the line. And they walk away. Okay. Cool. But they finish each other's... Booty fingers? These two are annoying as shit. Like, I know they're supposed to be the faces, but they're fucking annoying. Yep. And and people talk about how it doesn't matter who you date in the world of professional wrestling... I'm just going to say this. Britt Baker goes home every night to Adam Cole. Notice Britt Baker's promos. Casey Catanzaro goes home to Ricochet. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Make of that what you will. Yeah. The only promo she's cutting at home is the wrestler of trombone, but... <laughs> um, back to the course Knight lines up a shot from a tee and Grimes commentates like a golf guy like a golf commentator like oh he's lining up this could be a good shot we'll see what happens Knight and Knight again tells him to shut up Knight hits it right into the drink he makes Grimes go for a swim and go get his ball while he's in the drink, saying, I got your ball, Ted DiBiase pulls up in a cart. Asks him why he's doing this. Grimes says, because I, I, I'm a man of my word, Ted. Ted says, you weren't, born, you weren't born to be a butler. You were born to be a champion. Don't lose your pride. A man has to fight for what he wants. And the Cameron Grimes I know is a fighter. Oh, that's so nice of Ted. It is. Uh, it's also completely out of character and completely away from how this whole story started, but we'll overlook that part. Uh, by the way, when uh, L.A. Knight hit the ball into the water, did you catch that he yelled shit? No. And it made it on the broadcast? No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Pretty I, sure. 
I rewound it. Still heard shit. So. Oh my god, that's hilarious. <laughs> they did that on purpose. Must have. Easily. Ridge Holland, Pete Dunn, and Oni are walking out of the building. Disembodied voice asks why he attacked Thatcher. Timothy Thatcher isn't the only person who's smashed up, and he won't be the last. <clears throat> Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai are here to address the women's division. Rochelle said, Rochelle, Raquel says she's crushed, she crushed Zaya last week, and she's dominated every woman who stepped up. Who's next? Kai then peps up and says, 18 months ago you debuted and you have dominated. You're the most dominant woman in NXT history, more than Charlotte Flair, more than Asuka, more than Shayna Baszler. She's beaten everyone that stepped in her path. Kai then says, do you know why the NXT women's division is one of the greatest? It's because you're one woman. Because it's because of one woman. It's you. NXT takeovers in four weeks. Who is woman enough to face Raquel as she looks at the entranceway? No one comes out. Kylan says, as long as I have your back, you will always be women's champion. And she raises Raquel's arm. Raquel then gets on the second rope, holding up her title, talking a bunch of shit to people. She gets down, and here it is, ladies and gentlemen. The moment they've been building for months now, Kai hits a running face wash on Raquel as she turns around. And the crowd started chanting something. Could you tell what they were chanting? No idea. Me neither. It sounded like welcome back, but that didn't make any sense, so I don't know what it was. Yeah, yeah, it did sound like welcome back. But... I, but then again, I mean, Kai really, she's worked, what, once in a while? Not really, she's like... Worked, she just worked a couple weeks ago. Yeah, she a couple beat weeks. Ember Moon. Yeah. But, I don't know. Weird. So, the heel turns here. How do you feel about it? Is it really a heel turn? She was already healed. They were both heels. Okay, so... It's not often you get a heel-on-heel turn. But she didn't turn face. No. It's weird. It's sort of a strange dynamic. Well, I, I think I think this is why they kind of made Raquel do like the babyface-esque stuff with her yeah. promos. Raquel's going to be the baby in this situation, obviously. Oh, absolutely. 100%. So, and Kai's, I think, a better heel than a babyface. She can do both, but I think she's better as a heel. And this is obviously the match at TakeOver. Uh, do oh, you yeah. think they pull the trigger and put the title on Dakota? No. I do. Yeah? Yep. Do you, do you think they put I, that I don't think Raquel's there? working as champion. I don't. I I think the title needs to be on Dakota because she's a heel. She could cut a promo. I think Raquel still needs a lot of work in that regard. Yeah. That's why they had Dakota with her in the first place. Mm-hmm. I think Raquel's lacking in ring. I think Dakota's not. And Dakota's already had a couple kicks at the can and hasn't won the title. So I think if you're going to put her in that spot again, she almost got to put the title on her. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I don't know. We'll see. We got an Adam Cole promo. I uh, shits all over Reed. Uh, saying Cole is not your rebound, and I don't give a damn about your 14-year well, career. Hold on, hold on. So, how did you? What did you think about the overall process of how they did the turn with 
Dakota. I thought it was fantastic. Once she said, once I had, well, as long as, long as, as, as I, I have, have you back, back, you will always be changed. As soon as she said that, I was like, all right, here we go. This is it. Yeah. Okay. Is that how you felt watching it? I did. I The thing that was sort of cool about this is that we all knew it was coming, mm-hmm. right? I think we all knew this turn was coming at some point. Oh, yeah. But I think none of us really knew when it was going to happen. Yeah. Um, sort of like... It reminds me of, uh, like, what was the um, Festival of Friendship. Like, we all knew that at some point, and, and for so long they had teased it and made us think, okay, this is the spot it's happening, and then it didn't happen then. And they sort of did that a few times here, and then we finally got this payoff. But And, and I'm sort of glad you could have done this in the main event segment of the show, and it would have made sense to do it there. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if you did it in the main event spot, you would have been telling everyone what was going to happen. Yeah, that's and true. by <clears throat> keeping it here in the middle of the show and having doing it the way you did, where they, they stick together and she's like, "Who's coming out?" and blah blah blah. Yeah. I think you you sort of held people off who are thinking this might have been the spot. You know what I mean? I, I thought it was very strategic of them to so they showed the the still frame before they came out saying, oh, Raquel's going to come out and address the women's division. Did you take a good look at that picture? Uh, probably not, apparently. They they used this picture on purpose. Mm-hmm. Kai was staring not at Raquel, but oh. at the NXT Championship. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I like, like you said, we, we knew it was coming. And in the fashion yeah. that they did it, I enjoyed it. So. Um, yeah. Uh, Cole says, I don't give a damn about your 14-year career because tonight it will be tonight will be a very sad chapter written courtesy of Adam Cole. I thought that was a fantastic line. Yep. Um, <laughs> I'm an idiot. Oscar training and Zoe says you shouldn't be <laughs> now see you, you say you're not racist oh don't fucking go there with me but... <laughs> all Japanese people look alike so, apparently EO was training alone and Zoe says you shouldn't be training alone we need a partnership yay <laughs> you mean like friends yeah sorta no thanks then she goes to leave yeah <laughs> Oh my god. Um I What are they doing with these tag titles? Actually, I would say they're building up a pretty decent division now, honestly. When you you figure we're going to have probably still have Indy and, and Candice. Yeah. You still you now you have sort of Frankie and Jesse. Mm-hmm. You have the the Spit and Swallow Warriors there. Um, yeah, so you have several actual formidable tag teams. Yeah. But. And by the way, when I talked about what you do with the person when you get the big belt off of them, CEO. See Frankie as to what you do with, a, with, with new name talent that you put in when you don't have a spot with the, with the big title. Yeah. Like that's they they don't know what to do with these people at this point, so just throw them in tag teams, I guess. I mean, it, it's good because they're getting TV time, but at the same time, it's like, why are they in tag team again? Yeah, 
Frankie was presented as this huge single star, and then all of a sudden she's going to hook up with the Robert Stone but she's, brand. Well, she's taking over the Robert Stone brand. It's, again, long-term storytelling. Yes. Oh. Well. Uh, what did this scenario look to you uh, that we're about to talk about? Mandy Rose is conversating with Gigi Dolan and Jace Jane. J.C. Jane, sorry. Looks hot. The camera moves closer, and Mandy says, excuse me, get out of here. Um, listen, I don't degrade women, but they look like streetwalkers. <laughs> That's like when somebody goes, now, I'm not racist, oh and you know gosh. the next thing out of their mouth is going to be the most racist shit up. you've ever heard. Like, I'm not a wo- don't. I don't degrade women, but I'm about to call these three prostitutes. They look um, like it. <laughs> they did. I thought I thought they all looked fucking hot, but um, I didn't say they didn't. So, if she's starting a faction, yep. What would you call her faction? Rosebuds. No. Uh, I was gonna say you could go rosebush, but Gigi clearly shaves, so you couldn't get away with that. How do you know that? Uh, you could tell. She's just that type. <laughs> uh, have you ever seen the video where she supposedly pulled the tampon out? Yeah. Trust me. Um, that's anyway. true. Good point. Yeah. Ugh. I watched that and almost puked. <laughs> so gross. Uh, even, if what, so great. even if it was gimmicked. So great, though. Hey, it got people talking about her. Exactly. Um... And she didn't have to use a pizza cutter or mutilate her body to do it. That person will come up later in one of my notes. Um, um, no, I've, I'm fine with I, I like the fact that she's sort of scouting all the female talent. It's sort of, oh, yeah. it's it's an interesting, like, what the fuck's going on, and I like that. Mm-hmm. Actually, at one point during, uh, what was it? Oh, well, we haven't gotten there yet, but during the women's match later at one point, somebody's like, what the hell are you doing, Wade? He's like, I'm waiting for Mandy Rose to come out. <laughs> I laughed at. Well, let's jump to it. Casey and Caden versus Frankie Monet and Jesse Kamea. So, during Frankie's entrance, Stone gets cuffed as she goes for his pose, for her pose. So, that, this whole thing was, was funny because Frankie starts doing her pose and then she sort of go, tells Jesse, oh, I'll do the same thing. And Jesse's like awkwardly like moving yeah. her arms because she doesn't know how to do it. And Frankie keeps like slapping stone. <laughs> like, I actually found myself laughing at this segment. A little bit. And then like she goes to get in the ring and he's standing on her jacket and shit. Yeah. Yeah, I was just about to say, uh, and steps on her entrance gear as she's trying to walk up the stairs. Yeah. Uh, Jesse and Carter start. Jesse gets almost no offense as Casey and Carter get some tag team offense in. Tag to Frankie. She hits Carter with a DDT in the corner after trapping her leg in the ropes. Really enjoyed that. That was a nice little DDT there. Uh, Double knees in the corner. Tag to Jesse, who hits a flying forearm in the corner for a two. Tag back to Monet. Um... Stone then jumps on the apron, trying to hand a booklet to Monet to use it, but she ignores it. He throws it at her, distracting her. Carter hits a step-up in Sagiri. Casey and Carter hit the 450 neckbreaker combo. 
And they're your winners. Casey, Caden. Wow. I understand it's storytelling. But how do you feel about this one, Jason? Um, I didn't hate the match, honestly. Yeah. Um, I thought they worked okay. I just... I, I know what they're going for with the Stone and Frankie thing, but it's like almost way too overt. Like, make yeah. it a little more subtle. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, the match was good. Uh, Monet had the psycho look at Stone after the match. Looked like she was going to kill him. Yeah, I, I will say, Caden and Casey, their tag team cohesiveness, their their tandem moves are really good. Yeah. They, they've gotten very, very good at those. I'll give them credit. They do very well together. Wade Barrett has a sit-down with Strong Bivens. By the way, um, Caden Carter, mm-hmm. underrated booty. Same. Underrated? Oh, yeah. Why is it underrated? Should- Nobody, nobody talks about it. Same way, Indy. Nobody talks about their booty. You want to bring that persona out of me, don't you? What persona? The horny ginger that I've been labeled as. <laughs> uh, Indy, top booty. Carter, big old booty. And I love big old booty. <laughs> love it. But How much do you love it, though? I love it. How much, though? Like, obsessively. Like, I mean, like, how much, how much would you say... Almost more than life itself. Okay. Just check. <laughs> <clears throat> Wade Barrett, as I said, uh, sits down with Strong Bivens. He asks how Strong came into contact with Bivens. Strong kind of goes the long route on this one. Strong says... Okay. Go for it. We got some problems here. Go ahead. Uh, Strong says, in this business, it's 90% mental and 10% physical. And my 10% is better than anyone else's 100%. All the drama from the UE, I couldn't couldn't break through until I got a call from Bivens. He reminded me of who I am. Bivens speaks up and says, Nobody ever thought out of all the people it would be me to pull him up. Just call someone a dork and be done with it. Roddy cannot do, like, compelling, serious promos. It's just not his thing. No, that's what Bivens is supposed to be there for. Then why is Bivens not talking? Why is Roddy talking to start this promo? I I don't know. I don't know, man. It was bad, and then Bivens was great. It's like, well, fuck, give that guy more time. (laughs) That's what Bivens is there for. Like, this is like... Um, this is kind of a situation like, uh, uh, I'm just going to mash two people together. Zelina Vega 
a being with Drew McIntyre. Kona Reeves. Kona Reeves. <laughs> Where is he still employed? He's the finest. Is he still employed? He's actually going to be the next member, actually. He's going to be part of the Diamond Final. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, Bivens goes on to say it's a money match for Bobby Fish versus Roderick Strong, and next week you get your money's worth. Strong says next week is the end of this. The end of what? You've been feuding for like two weeks. For no reason. Yeah. Don't understand it. But next week we get Fishing Rod. What? Next week we get Fishing Rod. Why didn't we ever think of that before? <laughs> you were you were hung up on strong fish. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that was pretty good, you have to say. So we then go to William Regal, Nick Gage, and Triple H standing there in a ring. <laughs> it was like Shawn Michaels. Um, they tell us that at NXT TakeOver 36, Ilya Dragunov versus Walter for the NXT UK Championship is happening. So there Yeah, are... see, I, this is a tough one for me cuz I don't like Walter, but yeah. I don't like anyone named Ilya. So uh, I don't know what to do. Why why don't you like anybody named Ilya? Well, cuz Ilya Markopoulos likes to mess with me. You know, so Yeah, but it's a different spelling. It is, but this is spelled Ilja. Yeah, still, no. <laughs> it's like PTSD. Oh, my God. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's kind of a big announcement. Uh, Ilya's winning this, right? I didn't see... I don't know. So, where where do you go with Walter after that? I'm, I'm going to make this point here. Because there's one match that Walter could have that I'd be all about seeing. That is now a reality. Okay. Walter versus Samoa Joe. Why? Because he's the only other guy like that that could... He's like one of those guys that's like a legit badass that could stand there and fuck up Walter. Credibly. True. And he won't take his shit either. Maybe they convinced uh, Walter to move here to the States. Maybe. I mean, they have been playing up the whole he's pissed at Imperium thing, so. Yeah. And, you know, they might need a new contender for Samoa Joe once he wins that NXT championship. Yeah, it's possible. So you might get your win. Well, they've got Adam Cole on deck, so. Yeah. I'm kind of over Cole right now. And I'm over what happens later, too. That's that's another thing. Uh, we then go to a disembodied voice catching up with Dakota, asking why she did what she did. She looks back and leaves out the door. This made no fucking sense. What, the, what was the point of this? Uh, just to point out that this, she's not talking about why she did what she did. It made me laugh because of how pointless this was. I like that the little she gave that little like smirk. cheeky smile yeah. as she was leaving. Yeah, it was hot. Like, 
she almost looks like the face here. Like, I'm going to wait for the promo and see which direction the promo goes in, but that was sort of an endearing moment. <laughs> I mean, I want Kai as the heel. It's hard when you do that, though. I'm hard talking about it. Do you remember when they tried to have Nia Jax be the face against Alexa Bliss? Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, the only way it worked was because Alexa was calling her fat. But it didn't really even work then, though. Eh, she got a good pop. The bigger, stronger one needs to be the bully for it to work really well. I think they played that okay, because basically... Eh, no. I I didn't... No. I didn't think it was awful. Anything Naya does is pretty much awful, uh, but yes. that is... you don't remember the fake Naya cry before the sh- like it was it was pretty awful. Oh my god, that was. Bad. You don't remember Cryajax? Jax? Cry Jax? I didn't even hear that before. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, no, I don't. I don't remember that. Anywho, Marcel Bartel and Fabian Eichner are taking out Top Dalla. And Ashante the Adonis. Bartel and Adonis start. International ending with a drop kick in Adonis' favor. Sidewalk lift, but a full rotation into a front bump by Bartel and tag to Eichner. I don't know why. I really enjoyed that, like, sidewalk tilt world front slam. It's so basic, but it looks good. Hmm. Uh, neckbreaker. No, I said, are you ready? Ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you for listening to the NXT. <laughs> <laughs> uh, neckbreaker by Adonis gets a one count. Uh, big boot catch by Eichner, and he murder lines Adonis out of the corner. Wow, that was stiff. Yeah, uh, tag to top dollar. Eichner tries to close line, but he... So- we're definitely gonna. I, I can almost guess we are definitely gonna disagree here. I love Top Dollar's ring gear, like velour basketball gear. Like I is fucking baller. I like it. Meh. For the gimmick, it works. It's what, yeah. he's not gonna wear regular fucking tights. Right. Like Adonis has jeans. Well, he's not like. Yeah, he's not like fucking Shad Gaspard and jeans and baggy. Like he's wearing fucking basketball gear. Yeah. But but he's putting his own spin on it with it like the full on velour yeah. shit, which I like. Uh, Crossbody is caught. Eichner escapes, but gets met with a knee by Top Dollar. His knee is just straight forward. It's not to yep. the side. It's just nope. I'm gonna fucking stiff you with this knee. I'm gonna fuck you up. Yep. Back suplex hookup and Adonis hits a drop kick and Dollar finishes the suplex. Adonis had to get some fucking height on that, too, because Top Doll is not short. Yep. Uh, surround sound dropkick attempt, but B-Fab interferes with Bartel, and Swerve interferes with Eichner. Adonis recovers and hits a spine buster and gains control. During the break, Imperium are back in control, but not for long as they go for the Eurobomb, and Adonis Herc... Uh, excuse me, Hurricane is Adon- Eichner, and Bartel gets a gut punch. Double underhook suplex by, te- by Bartel gets two. 
Both Imperium members sent out and Bartel tries to cut off the tag, but gets back body dropped and Adonis gets the much needed tag. Shoulder block, knee lift, corner splash, and a one-armed sidewalk slam, and a fat kid kip up, followed up by a top dollar elbow drop for a two. Hey, Ginger. What's up? Who hotter than top dollar? A miscue almost results in Eichner getting hurt. Not nada. Uh, as I was saying, a miscue results in Eichner <laughs> almost getting fucking just obliterated. Uh, but he's a pro, and he recovers quickly and gets a flapjack from Adonis. Did you think he was? Did he? Do you think that he thought he was getting a back body drop? Because it just looked like, oh, and he was like, oh, shit, i got to re- reposition. Yeah, maybe. I mean, there was a lot going on. It was hard to tell. Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden on the outside, Wild and Mendoza push Swerve into the ring post, but Top Dollar ain't having it, and double shoulder blocks them to the ground. Escobar is backpedaling from the Top Dollar. Meanwhile, in the ring, Imperium hits the Eurobomb on Adonis, and Imperium are your winners. Immediately after, Wild and Mendoza... And the whole internet went, You just started pushing Finn Rowe, and then they're getting pinned, and they're getting pinned in the middle of the ring by by another tag team. And then, this, <laughs> this is my point. Hit Row's a hot-pushed act right now. They took a pinfall here, but they took a pinfall in a match that, in a way that elevates the story they had going with Legato. Yeah. And elevates Imperium into a future match with MSK, which they've been sort of dancing around to. So uh, this whole thing, like if I lose, I, I I'm being buried. It's such bullshit. Like Who this was a loss. People do it all the time, dude. I'm not saying in this particular case. Perhaps if you were a certain NXT champion that went to Raw and you took a loss, like. Yeah. The point is, like, you can take a loss, and if it's done right with the right story and it's and it progresses something, it's not a big fucking deal to take a loss. No, it's not. It's progressing a story while possibly making another one. Uh, and my whole shit just... Uh, let me go... Immediately after the match, while the Mendoza are in the ring beating down Adonis... Adonis. Adonis. Top Dollar tries to fend them off, but Escobar hits a top rope drop kick. Swerve then brings a chair into the equation. Legato runs for the border and get out of Dodge. Who's hotter, Bianca Belair or B-Fab? Who you got? I'm probably going Bianca. Okay. What about you? I'm going to go B-Fab. Yeah. Okay. Just dirtier. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, How'd you feel about the match? I liked it. Actually, I thought it was a really good match. Um, I thought uh, both teams worked really well together. Mm -hmm. I thought, like I said, I thought it progressed the storyline. I thought Ashante looked fantastic in some of his stuff. I think he took the heat really well. I think his shine was good, uh, and I think they used Top Dollar perfectly uh, as, as doing the big man spots mm-hmm. and the hot tags and stuff. I, I thought this was a really well put together match. I enjoyed it quite a bit. 
Yeah, not a bad match. Um, is Hit Row supposed to be baby faces? Um, I think they're sort of tweener a little bit, but I think they're they're finding an and we talked about this last time I was on. They are a more current, relevant sort of act. So mm-hmm. yeah, they're finding a fandom amongst the younger group. So yeah, keep doing it, you know? Okay. Cause their promos aren't very babyish. But you know what? I heard you guys talk about this last week. Was, were Stone Cold's promos babyish? Were the rocks like faces that have a little attitude, a little bit of street to them. They've always gotten away with that. Uh, I think you're a baby face when you start talking about pie and strudel. Well, no, because he was cutting the same promos as a heel. He cut as a face, basically. But, I mean, Austin was breaking into people's fucking houses and pointing guns at him and shit, and he was a face. So, you know, I I think we've sort of busted through those tropes to whatever we want them to be. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. The, yeah, I Because, like, they were obviously the baby faces in this match. Yep. That that was a given. Once it's not, once Adonis started taking the heat, I was like, okay, that's where we're yep. at right now. <gasps> but we'll see what the future holds for Hit Row. The way is out back. Johnny, Indy, and Larray. Larray implies that it was Johnny's fault that Theory ran away from home. <laughs> they both then try to blame Candace, and someone brings in a gift for Indy. And she thinks Johnny and Candace got it for her, so they play it like, oh, yeah, 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 we got you that. She opens it, and it's a drawing from Dexter. And it's the way, but in place of theory, it's Loomis with them. Johnny says, no, no, oh, hell no. Yeah. And he says, they just need to give him a chance. No. Then says, no chance, no chance, no chance. I swear to God, if he said no chance in hell... That would have been it. He did. Did he? Yeah, Johnny said no chance in hell. You know how that goes. Yeah. I didn't catch that. God damn it. No, he did. Ah. Oh, well, okay. Uh, so, so Indy gives Johnny a proposition that if he has a match with Dexter, and if Dexter wins, they give him a chance with Indy. They agree. But it, but if Johnny wins, no more Dexter. Indy agrees, and she goes and talks to Mister Regal. So, first off, as she says, "I'm going to go talk to Regal." Johnny's like, "Hey, hey, knock on his door. He likes that, and don't touch the pencil." Yes, which is great. Um, <laughs> so that's good. Um, so we have a match now. Where if Dexter wins, he gets to fuck Indy, and if Johnny wins, no more Dexter fucking Indy. Is that the that where we're at? In 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 2021, we have a match where if a woman wants to have intercourse or relations with a man, she needs the approval of another man. That's where we're at. <sighs> That's where we are. 
It doesn't really seem like something you want to do in this day and age. I don't know. Well, it's not like she doesn't. It was her fucking idea. Shouldn't she as a woman just be like, listen, I'm going to fucking do this, dude. Like, I'm going to fuck him raw like five times tomorrow. And you can videotape that shit if you want and send it to yourselves. I don't give a fuck. I'm getting that. I got that dick appointment and I'm going to be there. (laughs) <laughs> Why the fuck does, does this grown-ass woman need Johnny's approval to fuck Dexter if she wants because to? Because they're family. Oh, really? Did, did, did you say, hey, Ma, you know, I'm thinking of fucking this chick. But, uh, no! Don't judge me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's just a ridiculously sort of sexist premise, but whatever. It I is wouldn't what it is. say it's sexist. It is sexist, because you never have a storyline where... And this isn't the first time they've done it, because obviously they did it with Shane not wanting Test to fuck Stephanie. And then I think they did it another time, too, didn't they? Uh, someone they did that, it with Val Venus, not... And Ryan Shamrock. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Um, so it's always with the guy wanting to... Some, somebody wanting the guy to not fuck his sister or mm-hmm. his faux daughter I so, guess so is, what's, John, what's is Indy supposed to be like up? Johnny's fake daughter is that what the gimmick is I here I think so yeah alright so it's never like hey don't hey I'm gonna fight this other chick so that she doesn't fuck the guy so yeah it is sort of inherently sexist on its I think you're it, looking way too deep into it I don't think so you're, you're basically saying that a woman needs a man's approval before she can fuck some dude she wants to fuck. Well, she's not just looking for Johnny's approval. She's looking for Candace's approval, too. Candace ain't in the match. No. Well, we have Dexter versus Candace. That's the point. The point is the man is fighting for who the woman gets to have a relationship with. Oh, my God. Why don't you just... I tell you what, why don't we just put Indy in a fucking chastity belt and we'll hang the key to the chastity belt on a pole... Oh, my God. ...with Judy Bagwell and we'll fucking go from there. Chastity belt on a pole. We're a fucking step away from that. Didn't they do that shit? Why do I think they did that shit in WCW? Like a chastity belt with Tori Wilson. They probably did. I gotta check this out now. Hold on. Uh, While you check on that, we will discuss more... As we go back to the golf course. Night practice swings, and they show grizzled young veterans in a cart, and they say, oh, come on, what's the hold up? Well, I said, forgot how hot that chick chastity was in that ECW. Uh, Knight says, I, th- I thought they held standards here a little higher. No, the, hard- the hardcore belt would be the exact opposite of what I'm looking for. Uh <laughs> <laughs> God. Well, maybe not. Maybe I'm imagining that. There was an angle with Tori Wilson where like somebody wanted to bang her. I forget what it was. But anyway. Alright, go ahead. Are you thinking of Stacy Keebler with David Flair? I maybe. Yeah. Um A lot of that bad WCW shit all runs together at yeah. this point. I thought they held standards here a little higher, but obviously not with you two here. Grimes actually sticks up for night, and they make a wager for $20,000 to see who can get the ball in the hole in one shot. Knight goes in the drink first, 
Grimes then gets a swing at it, places his golden golf ball on the tee, and Knight has his back to him, talking shit to the Grizzled Young Veterans, and is a little too close, and on Grimes' backswing, gets caught right in his million-dollar golf balls. (laughs) He turns around, bent over, and on the front swing, gets hit in the head, and Grimes hits a hole in one. He turns around celebrating, and he thinks Grizzled Young Veterans took him out. Hey, how long do you want me to hurt your balls for? <laughs> he helps Mr. Knight up, and GYV jump ship and get the hell out of there. Knight throws his driver at them, but misses completely. <laughs> well, Grimes is sort of trying to convince a very groggy L.A. Knight that GYV did it. He's like, did you see what they did to you, Mr. Yeah. Knight? Uh, Grimes says, Woo, whoever knew golf could be this much fun. So we're going to a tag team match here, right? Oh, yeah. Definitely. So now we're, we've gone from he's embarrassing him and making him his butler to he's going to be his tag team partner. Yeah, but Knight is going to make him work the whole match. Uh, that's weird. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Or it'll end up being a handicap match. I don't know. This whole, this whole thing is weird. But... Uh, overall, I thought this golf course segments were pretty fucking good, in my opinion. I enjoyed them. Yeah. Comical. Uh, you got your ball I, jokes. I, yeah. They, they were stuff. fun. Yeah. They were fun, for yeah. sure. Which we expected this stuff, but how much longer can this go? Well, Ted DiBiase's already had a heart-to-heart with Cameron Graham, so we'll see. Yeah. We then get the announcements for matches next week. Johnny versus Loomis in a love her or lose her match. Or Fuck her or Jason flee her. Jason is saying chastity belt on a pole match. Fuck her or flee her. Hopefully she ain't got fleas. Bobby Fish versus Roderick Strong. Do f- it or screw it. Final first round match of the breakout tournament. Joe Gacy versus Trey Baxter. Get laid or go away. Top Dalla and Adonis versus Legato in a tag team match, which was announced during the main event. So they announced all their matches for next week. Yep. This has got to be the first time they've ever done this. Well, it's a pre-taped show, so. Oh, right. It's easier to do that way. Right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for your main event of the evening. Adam Cole Baby. versus the colossal Bronson Reed. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you something here, Ginger. Yeah. I'm gonna pull back this this curtain here, this pull break down the fourth wall, if you will. Yeah, whip it out. I have I have very little notes for this match. Okay. Because the the first note I have is that I can't get into this. Bronson Reed does not have the star power here to be credible in this match. Okay. Like, just looking at them, it looks like a jobber match. And and that's not really Reed's fault, but I sort of feel like Bronson Reed was pushed into a spot where we were supposed to care about him without the big build that made us care about him ever actually happening. 
Well, he wrestled for 14 years to get to this point. But no, there's no emotional connection to him. Like, these NXT guys, when they build them up for these big matches where it's going to be sort of their last match on the brand, it's like they, they these are guys that you've built up an emotional connection to through the story they've told about who they are and the, the growth you've seen of them from the beginning. Yeah. He's, he never had any of that. He was just like every now and then he would show up and get a match, and, oh, he lost to Johnny four times and then got a steel cage match, and it was just weird. But... I just, I, to, to me, Reed never reached that level in NXT where he deserved to be standing in a ring with Adam Cole. Just me. That's your opinion? In the main event, at least. Yes. I guess that's what I should clarify. Like That's more of a an issue with the main event spot for that match. Mm-hmm. Uh, typical small guy, big big guy stuff to start. Uh, and then Cole goes to work on the legs. Uh, Bronson looks for a superplex, but Cole blocks it. Sunsets over and super kicks Reed's leg out from under him. Uh, Reed takes a dragon whip properly from Cole, unlike you know that like 30-year veteran over at AEW. Um, <laughs> Reed starts to fight back and hits a fatalanche and a senton for a two. Cole hits an insigiri and tries suplex, but Reed reverses into a twisting Samoan drop for a very close two. Uh, super kick catch by Reed, and he hits a flurry of chops, but Cole kicks him and hits a Panama Sunrise for a good fallacy. My opinion, that Panama Sunrise, probably the best one we've seen from Cole in a while. I mean, it's good, but again, as illogical as that move is, it's even more so with fucking... Bronson Reed. Yes. Uh, last shot attempt, but Reed hits a murder line, turning Cole inside out. Then a big ass power bomb goes for the tsunami splash, but Cole moves, hits a super kick, and the last shot is hit, and your winner, as if you thought Bronson Reed was going over, is Adam Cole. Cole then celebrates, and from behind with a chair comes Kyle O'Reilly, and he nails Cole in the back. Kyle unhinges the stairs and hits what was supposed to be the brain buster, but ends up being a suplex. But Cole hits his neck and head on the corner of the steps. Kyle's lower back on the other corner. What? Hit when when he did the. The suplex. Yeah, the bat. Adam Cole's lower back caught the corner, uh, the outside corner of the steps. So in reality, it looked actually looked more painful the way they did it rather than doing the brain buster. Yeah, probably. Um. Yeah, so Kyle stands over a beaten, battered Cole as we go off the air. As Jason looks mad about some kind of trade or something that happened, what do you got? Who did uh, the, the Celtics Celt- trade? They didn't trade anybody. They just drafted some dude from Guadalupe uh, when there were some actual talented college players on the board that they could have used. So, you know. Uh, we already know your thoughts on the main event, so... Why don't we go ahead and you tell us 
if we get a few extra minutes this week, what am I going back to watch? Uh, I'm torn here. I have two, and I can't really. I would say Carmelo Hayes and Josh Briggs because I do think they're going to be big, big factors in NXT going forward. Yes. Um, and I would say I really enjoyed the um, uh, Hit Row versus Imperium match too. Hit Row versus Imperium is mine. Okay. Solid tag team match. Uh, good. Good, good. You actually said something nice about Hit Row, so you we're making progress already. Stop it. I told you their work <laughs> ethic is good, their gimmick I just don't like. How many fucking times <laughs> am I going to say that and not try to make myself sound racist? <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you very much for giving us a lesson this week. Jason, it was good to have you back, man. It was good to have these little, little back and forths. Yeah, it was of, good to be back. Yeah. Yeah, just... Hopefully at least for a few more weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I won't get too comfortable, though. <laughs> there you go. Well, you're going to be going over to AEW, so. Yeah, we'll, we'll see about that. <laughs> uh, don't forget to go to rundownwrestling.com. Vote on the hottest AEW female ta- talent. And uh, check out the archives. We get a, a, a lot more than you think we do for content. Uh, so go check that out. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, Instagram. I don't think anybody really uses Instagram, but hey, go fuck it. Go like it. Go fuck it. You know? Uh, follow us on Tinder. Swipe um, right. Well, and swipe, white, swipe right on the rundown. Ah, you're racist. You said swipe white. I, I was reading about a guy named White who got drafted. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Jason. Send us home, buddy. Well, for the first time in a while, I guess that means we will NXT you next week. Bye. Listening to a Rundown Wrestling Network production. Please visit rundownwrestling.com for all of our shows as well as our other special events. Keep it locked there or subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Network on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher Premium, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Leave us a voice message that we will play on an episode by going to anchor.fm slash rundown wrestling slash message. Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. You can show us how much you love us by buying us a cup of coffee for just one buck at ko-fi.com slash rundownwrestling. Go to reddit.com slash r slash rundownwrestling. Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Network. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. Email the show your dick pics and twat shots via rundownwrestling at gmail.com or go to Instagram or YouTube and look for Rundown Wrestling. Follow us on Twitch by going to twitch.tv slash rundownwrestling, and you can also follow our host Adam on twitch.tv slash thesalzer effect. This has been a Rundown Wrestling Network production.